We dedicate this season to friend of the pod, Christian Salisbury, a life and talent taken from the herd way too early. He will be remembered for his speed and agility, but most of all, his smile and infectious enthusiasm. If you're able, go to the link in the description and donate to the Christian Salisbury Memorial Fund and help more kids like Christian find their way to professional football. Carry that rock in peace, my friend. You will be missed. Hey, fellas! We ain't gonna ever back down from nobody! I don't care who it is! This is a brotherhood! And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied! One of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL, and we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and that's right, it is Turf District Tuesdays, and uh, we are in the Turf District this evening to talk all things Elks, and we have an amazing group of gang with us tonight to chat uh but first uh, i do want to thank you for tuning in if you're on youtube live uh if you've downloaded the podcast thank you so much for downloading the podcast and you may also be listening to us on edmonton sports talk uh the stream is out and if it's thursday night at eight you are listening to us then and thank you for tuning in we very much appreciate it uh let's bring in the usual gang first there they are, one super fan, Mike DeJantlers. And there they are. What, Commissioner Kayla? How are you? Hello. Go ahead, Mike. You oh, it's beaming. Be- well, of course. I mean, come on. After that that fourth quarter, that was a pretty exciting time. And uh, uh, getting to watch my 11-year-old running around on the field after with the sea of people that were there, <laughs> pretty exciting stuff. Uh, he was happiest that he came back with uh, Dylan Mitchell's gloves. So uh, what? I, don't, I don't know if Dylan really wanted to get rid of them, but um, he got them anyway. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it pays wearing a 17 jersey sometimes. So. That's, uh, <laughs> oh, good for him. I think we just need to add something to the feed there. Oh, there's the Queen's wave. That's important. Yeah, oh, excellent. Get our waves in. It's very important. Um, uh, all right. Let's bring in the rest of the crew because yes. uh, we have a fun one and lots of we're, we're testing the system tonight. Let's we, we're getting every first first time we had four guests at a time. There they are. They are the crew from Edmonton Sports Talk. Well done. Dustin Nielsen, <laughs> Lieutenant Eric, Matt Iwanek, Tom Gazzola. Thank you for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us, guys. Happy to be here. This is amazing. Okay, so now the first question is an easy one, uh, and that is, okay, put your hand up if you haven't watched Goonies. <laughs> And, and you guys, shame, 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 shame. Can you believe these guys? I, I, I was stunned. I was stunned this morning. That is, that's the first time I've seen you like truly rattled. That was, <laughs> and I don't blame you. I was, I was I'm the same. Every way. other like, person that walked in that office today, Tom Gazzola, who else is it? Gene Principe, Jerry Modijan, Marie McCourt popped by later on. Gager was there today. All of them had seen the Goonies, except these two guys. 
Damn proud. I was I was taught to be your own person. Oh, me and Eric, we're just our own unique people. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, guys, tell us a, a little bit. The, the stream went live last Wednesday. Um, so you've been running here for for almost a week. Um, tell us a little bit. How was the launch and how's how's it going being on online radio? Dustin, I'll start with you. You want me to take yeah, it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, start. I'll, I'll um, work my way around. Yeah, yeah. it's been uh, it's been a little bit of an adventure. I mean, we've had some hiccups along the way, which you know I think is kind of expected when you start something like this. But uh, you know, we've um, you know after the very first day, actually after the very first day, we got through it, and then we unplugged the entire system and basically <laughs> did. Or is that even the, maybe the day before? But that was I mean, the night before. That was yeah. the night before. before. It was the night it before. Was... Yeah, it, it was, was the, nine o'clock the yeah. night before we were starting at 6 a.m. We unplugged every single cable and plugged it all back in one at a time and tested it. Each time we added one thing, we tested it. And then we added one more and tested it again. And we still, we still haven't got back to like the original plan because we've got our main studio. We have five cameras set up and we've only really been confident enough to plug the one back in so far. So <laughs> as, as we continue to sort of work up some of the other kinks, you know, then we'll add the second camera and hopefully one day get back up to the five that we were we were hoping for. But yeah, the overall, I think the support's been really good so far. We've kind of you know overshot some of the targets that we had for the first month already, um, which is which is exciting. And uh, you know, now it's just on us to continue to churn out some good content. Fantastic, uh, Eric. How do you how do you find do you find it any different than than where you guys were before? Yeah, there's lots of differences thus far. I don't want to get into too many details, but uh, just when you can grab the guy below me here in the square, I think he's below me, he's on my screen, but okay. Matt basically ran the station before, so we basically yeah. took the guy that ran the station <laughs> with us. Uh, Dustin's the name and the face, and he's larger than life, and then Tom's the most handsome man in the world, so <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm stuck with those three guys, it's going to be an easy ride, but uh, no, it's a lot more free, you know, you're, you're kind of... You, you feel free. I remember the day we got kind of blown out and I know Dustin was unfortunately away on a golf tournament and Tom and I were doing the show and Maddie was there as well, but I felt kind of free and, and now we're just kind of, well, we're, we're free balling it here and it's great. Oh, it's it, it, well, and it's been super fun to listen to. So uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed it so far, um, and of course the you know the constant nasty chat does make it uh, make it hilarious as well. Uh, Matt, what do you feel like uh, as you know producer <laughs> getting in there doing? You know, just just things? before just before Maddie chimes in here, I'll say this: he's probably working on something right now. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's probably working on something right now. Let's just say that. I, yeah, I, I keep starting new projects and I don't finish them, but I open up new projects because I come up with different ideas for doing different things. One day I'll get them all figured out. Uh, it's been wild, you know. Um, you know, I, we had a great time at twelve sixty for all the years we had together. We had a great group of people, um, but doing it just ourselves now and having no one else to answer to but each other it's a, it's awesome and we're having a lot of fun and we're pulling like 12 13 hour days but it doesn't feel like we're pulling 12 13 hour days like all of a sudden it's four or five o'clock we're like oh geez we've been here for a really long time but we're having fun um technical issues are things that bother me like i didn't i was very worried the night before our launch and then, of course, at 6 a.m., we have some sort of issue. And I'm call crawling on the ground as Dustin and Eric are doing their show. And I'm trying to unplug cables but not get in the shot. And, you know, we, we got back. And it was great with the audio. And um, we haven't had the audio issue again. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's like we, we love what we do. We always did at 1260. And now to do it together, um, 
in our own way and the way we want to do it. Uh, it's been a blast and, you know, it's only been a week, but it's been a fun week and I can't wait to see uh, where else we could take this moving forward. And it's also great just having other people join us and, and believing in us, the, the sponsors that we have, but also people like you guys uh, and joining us and friends of VST and, and the support we've gotten that way. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, Tom, before I let you answer, um, a couple of comments already for you in the chat. Uh, is it possible that Tea Biscuit After Dark is even more handsome than the daytime version? Which, which I won't answer. I'm going to leave that leave that alone. Um, and the other one is glad Tea Biscuit was on time for this tonight. So that's it's, it's perfect. It, we did PM just to make sure that that, would, that would be helpful for you. Um, but tell us what's what's it been like for you? I've loved it. Uh, I, I tell people that it's been a daunting summer because a lot of unknowns, but the crew that we have, I mean, Dusty, Eric, Maddie, I, I trust those guys uh, to the moon and back. Like I would go to war with these guys to use another uh, metaphor. They're some of the best guys I've ever worked with. And, you know, off the mic, they're some of the best people I've ever worked with too. So for me, it was, you know, what can we do together? And, and my role kind of stays the same. And I really enjoyed what I was doing, Oilers pre and post game and being at the rink, being the guy for the station down at the rink. That's kind of been my thing for the last dozen years. And I get to continue with that. And then the EST hangout has been a really cool surprise. And I think it, it's kind of been an organic evolution over the last three weeks when the idea popped into the guy's minds when we were trying to figure out what do we do in that nine to 11 slot. But uh, just to watch these guys um, and to be a small part of what they've created is, has been an honor. And I think that we've kind of hit with something it's, it's early days, but I will look back on this time fondly, I think, and say, <laughs> you know, uh, this this was a special time. It was a chaotic time and a, and a hectic time. But uh, the other thing I'd say, guys, like with what we've created, uh, there's no ceiling. It, it doesn't feel like there's a ceiling. You know, yeah. like Maddie and Eric and Dusty have alluded to, it's kind of we take it as far as we can go. And to see the support that we've gotten early on uh, has been amazing and tremendous. Uh, you know, also credit to Joaquin Gage and Matt Cassian and Sean Bell and Murray McCourt. Uh, and then the clients and sponsors that have joined us without even a, us going to air for a minute has been outstanding. And then now, having been through a week of programming, as we continue to add on friends of EST like yourselves, which is amazing because it's more local content. And we didn't have that when we had uh, ESPN Radio on 1260. Um, I think people finally understand and grasp the concept of what our uh, vision was and and that is a digital radio station with a, a television component and you know we put the signal out and people consume it how they want to and uh, I think you know there's been a, a lot of aha moments for some new listeners and viewers and um, you know it's nice to see in Canada we're stuck you know five years behind the U.S. it feels like when it comes to technology and how we consume media and and maybe we're part of that that corner that's being turned and that's been uh, it's been exciting scary and fun all at the same time outstanding yeah all we right. certainly know that feeling when we've been doing it ourselves <laughs> right? in such a small little bit so mm -hmm. yeah no uh, kidding so obviously we're an elks podcast so we're always going to bring it around to the football side so um how did you guys uh, either discover the cfl or get into it or uh when did you become edmonton football fans we'll, we'll kind of go backwards and, and tom we'll start back with you 
Sure. Uh, I just, I've loved football since I was a little kid. And I remember being young and, and not knowing the difference between the NFL and the CFL. And I would wonder why uh, the Eskimos at the time wouldn't be playing against the, the 49ers. You know, and I would have to ask my dad, I'm like, what do they play against each other? Because I like watching the 49ers. I want to see them against uh, the green and gold. And he's like, well, they're in different leagues. And I remember uh, when the Riders won the Grey Cup in 89, and their, their helmets had the, the logo that went all the way around. And I confused them with the Seattle Seahawks and, and the Seahawks logo. And, and so, like, I can vividly remember those days way back when. And then um, – just asking my dad or my uncles to take me to games. And, and I remember, I, I mean, on my dad's side, I'm Italian and the church on the West side of the parking lot, Santa Maria Gretti, I spent all my Sundays there, uh, whether I liked it or not. And I would just stare at Clark stadium, which was still standing at the time and look at Commonwealth stadium and think to myself, man, I wish I was there right now instead of listening to an old Italian guy speaking Italian and things I didn't understand and then have to go and talk with all the people after and have like my grandma and grandpa take me around and old people like pull my ears and <laughs> squeeze my cheeks and I would just be staring at Commonwealth being like, dude, I wish I was there. And uh, so I finally got to go to games and I remember going to a Labor Day rematch when I got the coupon. Uh, at school and having the best time. My, my dad, my uncles, uh, my brothers, and my cousin came with me, and, and I was hooked from then on, and I finally was smart enough to figure out the difference, and I've loved the game ever since, and I just love football, to be honest with you, um, and to be able to, to go to games and have season tickets myself. Uh, I thought that was a big step when I was like 19 or 20 years old and buy them myself. I was like, I'm a man now. I've got season yeah. tickets. <laughs> and, I, you know, even though I've had to cover the team at times, still do uh, when called upon. And, and of, of course, on Edmonton Sports Talk, we will. Uh, you know, you put on your journalist hat and you take off your fan cap that Rashad made fun of me for wearing on uh, Saturday. But, um, yeah, I just, I just love the team. I grew up here, a north side Italian that had to go to that that church every weekend and stare at the stadium longing to go to a game. Um, it's just carried on. That's awesome. I just need to say, I think it's funny when you say way back when, because <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. Like really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Sorry, Matt, you're up. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Uh, like Tom, like I grew up in a family where like dad and brother, big sports fans and just big football fans. So always love the CFL, NCAA, NFL, and all that. And I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day, they would open up the gates in the fourth quarter. And my, my dad, that was when he first started me taking me to games is we'd go in <laughs> in the fourth quarter and we'd watch just the end of the football game. <laughs> and then eventually I got like personal like season seats in the knothole gang. So I grew up in the knothole gang for a few years, you know, watching the football, trying to catch you know, the little footballs trying to get on the cameras and stuff. And then uh, graduated from there to sit with my dad in the seats, which was a big moment. And, you know, I was lucky because I grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s. So like my early years of watching the Eskimos at the time was like that 02 to 05 team, which was like one of the best teams that you're going to have, you know, with Ricky Ray, Jason Moss as the quarterbacks and that receiving core with Tucker, Vaughn, Hervey, and then Mookie Mitchell coming in. And I love John Avery as a running back. I wish he was here a lot totally. longer than that one season. Like he had just like the guy shouldn't have been in the Canadian football league. And then defensively, just so many great players and, 
um, it was always fun going down to the, to the stadium and it was a way to spend your summers. And, um, you know, I also remember like what it's like to not have it on TV and how you'd get the magnet at the first game of the season and you'd pay attention to which games were TV and which ones were blacked out. And okay, those games, I know I'm going to go listen to it on 630 Chad because, you know, we're not going to be able to watch it or, or you're hoping like that one game was like, okay, maybe they sold enough tickets. We're not going and they'll lift the blackout for this one rider game and I'll be able to watch it at home because we're not going. So it just like I, I football is my favorite sport. Um, you know, I know we're supposed to be Canadians and hockey and all that, but no, like football is, and the CFL is then ultimately my favorite of the, like the leagues that I do follow. And, you know, then that led to, you know, working at the station and, you know, me and Dusty started with um, an Eskimos pre and post game show on 1260 before um, he stopped doing that. And then I worked with Eric Hernan and Jeff Walker on that. So um, it's kind of been nice to get fired from bell this year because it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been at Commonwealth to watch football games. And this year to get back has been just so much fun. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, I, I love doing the pre and post. I want to do the coverage. Like this team in this city and this league needs more coverage. So I'm, I was always happy to do that. Um, but this summer I've been enjoying, you know, being back and, and cheering and, you know, getting mad and, and being a fan once again, like it's, it's like Tommy alluded to like, like you, you, when you're a journalist and you're a reporter, or something, you shouldn't cheer for your teams that you're covering. But, you know, I could do that with the Oilers. I'm no longer, I could say I'm no longer an Oilers fan, really. I, you know, we cover that team. I don't cheer for them. Mm-hmm. I can't say that for the Elks. I fought it for so long. <laughs> They'll always be the team of my youth. And like, it's gone now. Like I am just straight up a fan and moving forward. If we, you know, we're going to do pre and post next year and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan, like just straight up. I will still be a fan. I will try to be responsible with it. Um, but I, I am a fan and like so much a fan that me and Eric and his brother and Scott McCord, we have a CFL fantasy football league that I do on spreadsheets. It takes me an hour once a week to fill out. So uh, we're into year eight. Uh, Eric's doing quite well this season. I'm not, but I am a three-time champion. Just like to point that out. <laughs> Go Sacramento Gold Miners. Um, and then, yeah, that's my journey in the CFL. That's. That's awesome. If oh. you ever need another person for that fantasy league. Oh, oh there's a list. Yep. Yep. I'll get in on that. Uh, and I understand that whole, you know, you got to reel back the fan. Cause yeah, I we're you know, Kayla and I go down after games and, and oh, that's talk hard. to guys and, and it's hard to not be like, Oh my God, could you, can you believe that happened? Uh, especially <laughs> this past week, but we did, uh, we did, we did all right. Uh, Eric, your turn. Yeah, well, I'm from Saskatchewan, so I'll just preface oh. it by saying that. Okay, um, out. No, I, 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 from the uh, no, I grew up. There was a there was a picture in my uh, parents' basement, and it had a bunch of writing on it. And I always tried to read it when I was a kid. And as I grew up, and I learned how to read, I could read the whole thing. But it kind of went something like this. I'm going to paraphrase. Um, you know, I was born into a family. Uh, I was a twin. My twin died at birth. Uh, my dad then cheated on my mom. He moved out. My mom was then committed to an insane asylum. I recently met a girl. Should I tell her I'm a Rough Rider fan? Do you get it? <laughs> you get this whole fight. It's all shitty. And then it's like, oh, I'm a Rough Rider fan. Is that the thing I should tell her, really? Because they, 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 they lost. Like, they always lost. The, the 60s, like 70s, 80s. So I come around in 85. And here I am, you know, shitting myself. And my parents are taking care of me. And then the 89 Great Cup comes around. And oh. John Gregory and Dave Ridgeway and all that lore and mystique. And my parents had a party in the basement and I was, I don't know, four or five or whatever. And I, I have like a, I have, I have like a bubbly memory of just people crying and embracing and eighties sweaters and all this stuff. And then my dad taped it. And I would always watch that at the end when John Gregor would jump around with his little rider sweater and it would go up. 
And it was just like, it was fun as a kid, right? And time goes on. And obviously, Saskatoon, you have the Hilltop, you have the Huskies, you have high school football, you have Kinsman Minor before high school. So you can be playing football for like 40 years by the time you turn 30. <laughs> And which is probably not good for you. But anyway, that's how you spent your time. It was Friday, it was high school, Hilltop, Hilltops, Rams, you know, down at Gordy Howe Bowl, and then Husky Saturday. And then if you're lucky, the riders would draw a Sunday game and you'd have a full weekend of football. But, you know, I got to credit my dad a lot because he's the longtime Rough Rider sufferer. He's the one that, um, you know, I, when I was growing up, I would wait till the Rough Riders won to like ask him an important question. Like, you know, can I borrow some money? Can I use the car? And you'd have to wait till, like five, six, seven weeks sometimes. And, you know, and then what I wanted to ask would like move forward. But it was this pain and frustration that I always saw in my dad. And then just him taking me to games like Hilltops games and Husky games. He always showed up at halftime because he didn't want to pay the price. So he'd like get in for free at halftime. But one time the U of A Golden Bears were in town playing the Huskies. And uh, my dad tried to sneak in. And Jerry Friesen, coaching the Golden Bears at the time, thought my dad was a spy. So we opened <laughs> the officials. And the officials went, and I'm watching from the stand, my dad get, like, accosted by officials out in the bush. And they, like, carried him. And it was very embarrassing. But, like, it was one of those moments where, like, the thing about CFL, and, like, Maddie was saying, like, this is not a football-mad country. But the way Canadians are and the way football is as a sport, there's an interesting mesh there. And I, I, I draw back to these times of innocence. And, like... The fact you can still go to CFL games and there's no, I always say velvet ropes or multiple lanyards to get in. And I mean, you're getting Dylan Mitchell's gloves on the field for crying. I mean, that's, these are things that if we could market more, but getting back, going to games with my dad when I was young, Taylor Field, you know, bleacher seating, uh, learning all the swears on the book. Um, <laughs> you know, guys out front would have like beer and they'd get them poured out by security. My dad would come up and be like, oh take the mickey out of his pants and be like first game hey and you know it's so cool. like, you, can't, you can't do that in the nfl so much and this is and i mean you guys probably have all stories about the cfl you know coolers and stuff and, but i was a very hard die i grew up die hard rough rider things my dad and, and you grow up there and it's just like that's it right so 2010 i i move here and i'm getting friends coming up for games and it's i mean it's the riders are still in that time and i think the eskimos were kind of teetering it was richie hall years or whatever so it was mm -hmm. pretty fun going to those games um, but then when I moved here and obviously working with, with the boys at the station, and as we talked about kind of, you know, putting our fandom on a bit of a leash and, and then started going like great cups and stuff. And it was then where I really became a fan of the league. I, I, I love the rough riders still, but I know that there's no rough riders without a CFL and there's no else without a CFL. And we're all, so I think that's, that's why I like podcasts like this. And, and again, going to great cups and you know, the one in Edmonton, Calgary, we missed the Prairie triad with the Regina one there in the COVID year. Um, but those parties really kind of opened up a whole new world to me, like being a Rough Rider fan is one thing, but if you can really talk to people from other teams and, you know, the, the, the friendly banter and that type of stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's really opened up another dimension to the league that I didn't have kind of growing up, but it was my dad. It was bus trips with Safeway paying 50 bucks, leaving at five 30 in the morning. And, and we know a liquor rep, right. To get the booze in the bus and Reggie would be the bus driver. And he'd like pass people on the highway. And I mean, you'd go down the highway from Saskatoon or John, you stop at every bar, right? Bladworth, Aylesbury, Keniston, and, and it, three, four buses in there. And they're just packed and booze flying everywhere. And it's just, it's such a great fun time always at CFL games. And that's why I like it. And it, it's usually pretty cheap. I mean, Let's be honest. It's it's again going to an NFL game is is that's like planning a cruise, man. And I, I can't justify that. I, I'm a Bills supporter, but the CFL to me is one of those things that if it ever leaves, nobody ain't getting it back. It, it's one of those, and that's why it's lasted so long. So I'm a Rough Rider fan through and through. 
Um, but I'm a bigger CFL fan now. Yeah, we always say that we're CFL fans. We just cheer for different teams. Absolutely. Big yeah. family. Yeah. All right, Dusty. I mean, these are people heard it maybe the last time you're on, but maybe uh, tell us a bit. Yeah, about well, it. I was just going to say, I mean, it's tough to follow up these guys. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I was just sitting there like you guys. I was learning all this stuff about these guys. It was, uh, it was great. I'm, I think I'm, I'm basically an entirely different story because I grew up on a farm in BC and I lived in a town that didn't have a football team. So we just like, there really wasn't much of a connection outside of the annual Grey Cup party that my parents would host for all the other farmers in the area, right? So that was, that was BC Lions, Doug Flutie, and Calgary Stampeders, Doug Flutie. And for us living in BC, it was kind of like when I was eight, eight, nine, and 10 years old, Doug Flutie was a member of the BC Lions. And that's kind of how I sort of first got sucked into it. And then without the connection to a football team in our city, just football really didn't move the needle in Cranbrook, BC. So it really wasn't until I moved to uh, Lethbridge to go to college. And three, four, five guys from my class were from Saskatchewan. And they're, they were like, every weekend, they're like, let's go watch the Riders game. And I was like, what is going on with these guys? Like, every weekend. And uh, so that's that's kind of how I first got into the CFL when I was like 20 years old with a bunch of buddies who were who were Riders fans at the time. So, you know, that kind of got, that kind of was when I first got into it. And then, you know, eventually moving here and taking over the morning show at the time, you know, it was, uh, it was a different vibe around the team back then, right? There's a lot of excitement and uh, you know, Maddie and I were working when the Ricky Ray thing went down and it's just, it's been a real roller coaster basically ever since it kind of got it. some downs and then, you know, that brief up and then kind of back down again in the dumps. But uh, yeah, it was, it was basically my connection to the league started in college through a bunch of riders fans and then it kind of just took off from there. Now I am happy to say that I am raising the CFO family. Like I don't, I don't think there's, an eight-year-old boy or a six-year-old girl in the country that knows more about the Canadian Football League because they like to watch Daddy on TV. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this next generation of fan, which is very important right now for the league. So um, that's the role that I'm going to play, I guess, moving forward. Oh my goodness! I'm just like still tearing up over Eric's story. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, it's just a twin. string. Of, yeah, the, the one where they canceled the Grey oh Cup goodness. in '89. That one. Yeah, they, yeah. That one didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So all of you guys um, obviously like met on TSN 1260, but how did you connect with each other and kind of, I guess, create this brotherhood that we now see before us? Matt, we'll start with you. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, just I, say it, Maddie. Force the business by our employer. There's a truth in that. You're right. Like it's like you how you have friends throughout, you know, elementary school as you're growing up. You're forced with to be the friends of the kids in your class. They just put you in a classroom and you're now friends with all of them. Uh, we just at least for Dustin, Eric, and I, we started working together at the station and we became friends that way. Um, you know, and like the thing about where we used to work, um, the thing I loved about that building was we had a good group of people, like both at TSN, at the Bear, and at times with Virgin Radio, even though they, they, they've changed so many different people, it's hard to keep count of who, who was there. But really, Bear and, and 1260, the groups that we had, like we had a strong culture, I would say. And like, I know you talk about that in football, like good in the room and all that. Like, that's kind of what we had where, we just like to have fun with each other, but like we weren't 
we don't have to be with each other every single night or all the time, but we're still great friends. And, and then through that, we got to know Tommy before he started working with us at 1260. And that's where our friendship of Tommy came on board. And like, we started working, you know, dealing with him that way. And then when he was let go from the Oilers, um, it was just natural to try to get him on our station and have him in the fold. Um, but yeah, like Dusty's like Dusty's right in one sense that it, it was forced upon us largely. Um, but we just became really good friends. And then, you know, for the last couple of years, we've kind of known something might come to our station and we've had chats about what would happen if that happened. And it was just without question. We knew we're going to stay working together because we just enjoy each other's companies. Uh, we're great friends and we know that we work so well with each other. And if we did something together, we knew it would, do really well and and right now we haven't killed each other which is good and um <laughs> hopefully that stays but uh you know seven days in we're we're doing it <laughs> well just just to follow up on what maddie just said somebody was in today yeah it was murray i think yes we're sitting around after like and we've been working all day we're sitting around kind of chilling at the end of the day still kind of working like going over some stuff and relaxing and murray's there and he goes he goes you guys haven't driven each other crazy yet and i mean Maybe maybe I'm driving people crazy, but like these other guys aren't driving me crazy. So we're like, no, no, everything's going pretty well. So I think that's a that's a well, positive, that's a positive sign. I hate mornings. I am not a morning person. When I golf with people, like they know my brother, dad, friends, they know don't talk to me until I wake up. Like I'll be on the course, I'll hit the ball, just don't say anything to me. Just let me be. Otherwise, I'm gonna be very mad at you. Like, and I will like bite back. I haven't done that with Dusty or Eric yet. And I'm stunned by that. Like, I'm actually Not surprised yet. that we're all talking and I'm okay with it. Like, but anyone that knows me knows, like, do not talk to me for multiple hours when I wake up. And somehow I'm doing it with the morning boys right now. I don't know. Wow, that is special because I feel that completely, like, hush your mouth until at least I have a sip of coffee. <laughs> like, talk amongst yourselves. That's cool. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> no Noted. <laughs> so Tom, like coming in as I not an outsider, but someone from a different station, how how did that feel for you to just I guess be enveloped with these other guys and and become friends with them so instantly? Yeah, uh, great question. Dusty and I actually came. I came back to Edmonton from Lloydminster, where I got my first television job. Uh, I was at CTV briefly doing sports there for a summer, and then the Oilers offered me the position that I had. But before that, I was working for the score and I was covering, you know, football here in Edmonton. I did the Indy a couple of times. I did a whole bunch of Oilers games for a couple of seasons. And uh, Dusty had just started at 1260. And we were like two of the youngest guys at the rink. Yeah, we just, I remember him sitting behind me at a practice one day and we just got to know each other and started chatting. And I'm like, this guy, is, he's a pretty good dude. And then, uh, and, and, and the other thing too is like, I've got, you know, Bob Stoffer and Ryan Rashog and all, all these guys, Mark Spector and Joanne Ireland, Robin Brownlee, Rob Tichkowski, Jim Matheson, Rod Phillips. Like there's all these like staples in the Edmonton sporting community. Mark Connolly, just, just there, right? Brian Hall was there. And I was like, I look around and there's only a couple of younger people that were covering the team. And uh, so Dusty and I kind of connected that way and we, we just, we did a bunch of charity events together. We just kind of built our friendship, friendship up that way. And then, uh, Awanik, I actually went to high school with his brother 
And I, prior to that, uh, before I actually got the score job, was Gene Principe's studio runner while I was still at Nate. And uh, I would have to get coffee. I'd have to get game notes. I'd have to send up interviews. But I got to do pre and post or post game interviews too with his cameraman, Corey Blaschel. And, and that kind of helped me get the score job. But Maddie ended up becoming the studio runner for Gene a couple of years later. And I remember that, Maddie, when you did that job, right? Yeah, I did it a little bit for him. Yeah. Uh, and I worked, a, I worked a bit with Aquila, which is uh, yes. the video production team that uh, they would do the in game, you know, scoreboard yep. of both Oilers and Eskimos at the time. That's right. And then Eric, I, I didn't get to know until a little bit later on, but I always knew of him. And well, Tom, then... do you remember, do you remember when I was in Nate and you came over to the boys house there and, and uh, Ryan, my Luke, we were all there and you were telling stories of the road. I found it very, very fascinating. I think it was the first time I met you probably like 2011 ish. Yes. Something. Yeah. Was it when we were playing baseball in the backyard at boys backyard house? ball? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like it was boys house was this, if you had like three hours, we could maybe, you know, scratch the surface of it, but our mutual friend Ryan Meyer, who I went to college with and, uh, Lucas, uh, Eric's brother, brother is in Will and the Wolf with Raimai and, uh, Raimai's wife, you know, we all, we went to college together. So like, there's all these connections and we're all like intertwined, which is interesting when you look back on it. But, uh, I got to know Eric when I was brought on by Maddie and JMO, uh, and, and Dusty to, to 1260 after my falling out with the Oilers. And for the record, it was just one guy that probably didn't want me there and he got it. <laughs> he was he was subsequently let go, and that was one of the best decisions that the Oilers had made in some time. So uh, we'll just get that out of the way. But um, but it, it honestly, Kayla, it made me feel like I had a, a family again work-wise because I, I didn't feel that way in my last few years with the Oilers. I loved the hockey upside. Um, you know, I think that the appreciation was mutual there, and I think that speaks to the relationships I still have with you know players, coaches, management, uh, equipment staff, trainers, all that stuff. And even on the business side, a lot of good friends still there. But uh, I didn't feel like I was uh, in a at home or welcomed. And then when I got to 1260, um, it, it just it felt good going in every day. And, and I, you know, I got a little bit at a time and uh, I just wouldn't say no to anything. If Maddie needed me for something or someone was away, I'd say yes. And I had to learn how to do radio because I was just straight up a TV guy. And, uh, you know, I definitely had to, to make some mistakes to learn some lessons. And, um, you know, I figure I got half decent at it. And it just by the end, when we, you know, lost our station, I, I totally felt like one of the crew and uh, low tide JMO. Everybody made me feel welcome. And, you know, Hernan, we love and Connor Halley, Gregor. It's just it did feel like I was at home and, and I was missing that uh, in my last couple of years at Oilers TV. That's so amazing. Well, Dusty, Eric, any follow-ups to those two amazing stories? My goodness. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, we basically not grew up together, but grew up in the industry together, really. Right. I mean, I, I was in, you know, a bunch of other little places, Lethbridge, High Prairie, Fort Mac, Edmonton for a bit, Fort Mac, and then here permanently, but like, it's tough to get to a major market. And then, you know, once you're here, if you're here, you know, in your late twenties, early thirties, you know, you kind of have a group of people that are all in the same situation. So like to me, we basically became professional broadcasters together. Right. So, um, 
And it was good. I mean, the run that we had there was kind of unheard of in radio, really, in general. I mean, the, the, I did, we did the morning show there. Eric came in like after like a year and a half, two years, and he was with me the rest of the time. The Bear morning show did have some changes, but like UConn was there the whole time. But the FM, the other FM station, like flipped stations, went through like four or five morning shows. So like the fact that we got to put in almost a half decade doing what we were doing there is is something that we're certainly grateful for. And we 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 basically learned a lot from it. Now we now we get to do it on our own and be our own bosses. So it's great. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> They've said it all. Um, <laughs> just quickly, yeah, Tom, like my brother used to work at the station, Ryan, yep. both from the band. And like when I moved here in 2010, I went to Nate because Ryan went to Nate and his sister went to Nate before him. And my brother was doing the remote guy at the station. And we lived in this party house and like Matt would come over and party and Tom would come over and party. And I know Dusty was kind of still kind of moving here in the process and getting that going. But then when I, when I was done with Nate, I went in for my... Uh, practicum interview type of thing and matt was in the room matt basically hired me and then he trained me and he still trains me today isn't that funny Matt? it's been like 20 years and you're still showing me what to do but but, but matt showed me that the first show i did was inside hockey with one dustin nielsen and that was after the morning show remember that 10 to 11 one hour and i remember i'd always go get subway and then New come back one. and do yeah, inside so hockey yeah, yeah. and little did we know that we'd be all together again and then tom obviously not there but when you came in, Tom, and then you'd cover for Dustin on the morning show. I mean, you and I, and I know you, I knew you of you before, obviously mm. brief parties and drunken tales, but <laughs> getting up in the morning, you really know somebody, right? Like waking yep. up, working like that in that environment and really, and we had some really good times doing that show when Dustin was away and on we Fridays did. and stuff and just kind of, so like we all have a different type of thing, but now it's it's nice like we're kind of the last it's like a it's like a big bomb went off there and we're the last four kind of walking around in a day's surviving because everybody else has kind of gone off and done other things and maybe some of them are still there you know collecting things in the rubble but uh yeah it, it's nice i wouldn't have uh wanted to uh, come out of that explosion with uh, any three other guys but this it's a great mix uh, i want to say one thing about working with eric because i wasn't sure i always heard like the lore of of lieutenant eric <laughs> But I never worked with him. But then I got to fill in for Dusty. And I was like, oh, man, I, I hope I'm, you know, adequate enough to, to work on that show. And, and Eric doesn't get annoyed by me because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out still. And I had never done a morning show. But uh, I think we, we shared like a firm handshake after the first couple of shows. And that firm handshake has been like this thing that we still yeah. do. Actually, today I, I remembered I, I hadn't done a firm handshake with you in a little while so after we finished the day i just went up to you and we just did a firm handshake like we used to do in the studio i wasn't expecting it you throw them out sometimes it was missing strange now yeah 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 it yeah. was nice there was just the two of us in the room yeah everybody's watching us do it yeah <laughs> it's our thing <laughs> well i'm sure people find it yeah it's probably heartwarming it's like like look, those guys get along that's amazing yeah no. um <laughs> All right, super fan. Is there some questions in the chat? We can get to a couple of those, and then we should probably start talking about that amazing game. But I absolutely. I wanna... <laughs> oh my goodness, there is a lot in the chat there. Uh, I think we've already got that. Uh, Leon wanted to know what's Dustin drinking out of his A and W mug. 
Well, first of all, NW texted the day sponsor on the Nielsen show, so they get that in there. Um, it's it's spice rum and diet coke. It's uh, I don't I don't. People probably think I'm a heavy drinker, but I I'm not. I uh, I but when I do have one, it's usually spice rum. I have one or two a week at night. So tonight was one of those nights. I was almost falling asleep after I put the kids to bed. My wife's like, "You gotta keep going." I was like, "I know, I know." So I had a, a spice rum and diet coke. So we're good. Uh, Nathan nailed that one for sure. He said Dusty definitely has a spice rum and coke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's trouble, right? Like that's yeah. trouble. That's uh, that's not good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, James C was asking, when does the EST app come out? I think Dusty, you kind of answer it in the chat, but for those people listening, yeah, we're working on we're working on. Hopefully, within the next little while here, we'll have um, uh, uh, EST app for Apple, another one for Android, and we've had some discussions with some other streaming partners. That uh, will make things. I mean, right now, all you have to do is go to EdmontonSportsTalk.com and click listen live. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a very difficult process. Um, but some of the things that we're working on, we hope it'll make it a little bit easier for everybody here in the next week or so. So, uh, fingers crossed on that. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're a week in. <laughs> like there's going to be like <laughs> three months from now, it'll be better. Six months from now, it'll be better. And two years from now, it'll be awesome. So, um, patience with some of that stuff. But just so you know, we're working on it. Awesome. Well, let's get another one in here. Uh, James wants to know, I asked uh, Nielsen before and he had a great answer. So to Eric, Tom and Matt, what's your favorite moment since you started in the sports broadcasting industry? Who wants to go first? Who's ready? There's a lot. Um, Well, one I will go with is uh, the 2018 Great Cup. It's just a whole moment. It's like that whole week. Because uh, yeah. it was the first time I experienced a Grey Cup as like a real adult and like as a like media person, um, and I got to experience it with Dave Jameson. And I've always nice. tell people that the two biggest celebrities of Grey Cup Week number one was Ed Hervey returning back to the city, and then that was followed by Dave Jameson. Like everyone wanted a piece of Dave from across the Canadian Football League because he hadn't done a Grey Cup since I think it was 2012. Like, so, like, so many people were seeing Dave for the first time. But, you know, having that great cup in the city, going to all the media events, like, it started off with a, there was a TSN, like, launch on the Wednesday night up until there was a great cup post party after the game on the Sunday night. Like, it was just work, party, and maybe a little bit of sleep, but very little of that. And it was just a lot of fun. And then it also ended with, I got a pass to be on the field for the Grey Cup. So, because I was part of the radio broadcast team. So for the first half, I watched in the press box, but the entire second half, I was standing on the sideline and I got to watch a Grey Cup game on field level, which was just really awesome for me. And then as the game ended and confetti's flying and unfortunately the Stampeders were hoisting the, the trophy, you know, I was standing right there watching it all. So like that entire time and being able to just experience it with a bunch of family, a bunch of friends, and but ultimately like having like Dave show me what Grey Cup really is. Like I couldn't think of somebody better to show me that. Um, so like that is one of the top ones for me is the 2018 great cup. The other one I would have to say, as I just remembered one is I pushed hard for Canada soccer to be here in November of 2021 for the two games. And I was on the st- radio station on Twitter a lot, trying to sell those tickets to try to get a full crowd <laughs> and knowing I helped push just even a few people to getting to Commonwealth for those games that will always make me smile knowing that I, I did a little something for that team, that amazing team. There was a little something I did with that. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Eric? 
Well, Maddie stole both my answers. We're pretty much aligned. Uh, we like to have fun together, but that great cup, we ripped it up, and we still made it on time to work every morning. And, uh, yeah, those, those, uh, those qualifiers, whew, same thing. I mean, that was electric stuff, and it's just too bad we couldn't get over the line uh, with the real thing. But this is going to be a weird answer, then, I guess, if I can't use those other two. I'm going to say the pandemic because it was, it was terrible. There was nothing. And, yeah. and Dusty, I'll speak for you here, but we, we absolutely killed it. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to, this is a challenge. Yes. But that was a challenge that I, you tell anybody a year or two years prior to that, that that's going to be the case. Well, well, what are you going to do? You can talk sports when there's no sports. And we, we somehow slithered through it. I mean, certain things happen years after that, that now you, you can see companies, you know, getting a little tighter or whatever and using that as a reason. But I like to think that we really took that challenge. It struck us in the face and we stood there and we struck it back and we kept striking it and striking it. And I do truly think we had a good thing going on before that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we still to this day get people, you know, has nothing to do with sports, but just random people reaching out saying, Hey, that was a pretty crappy time. And, you know, it was for all of us, myself included, but you have to go in and you got to put a smile on and, and have a little fun or try to. And yeah, with absolutely no sports going on. I mean, you had the Bundesliga going on. I got my Borussia Mönchengladbach scarf up there. I was watching <laughs> the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Remember that? We were doing a, what was it, Korean baseball and Bundesliga soccer at the time. But I mean, but but it was it was different and it was weird. And I don't think like this is a challenge, but that was just something totally nobody was prepared for. And I think we really navigated ourselves through that and actually came up the other end, not better, but more differently, if that makes any sense. So maybe a weird answer, maybe a little a depressing answer. Maddie stole both of mine, but I'm going to have to go with that. <laughs> it, it, it certainly sticks out. It's certainly like a middle point from, from the before to the after. Oh, it's a baptism by fire for sure. In a sense. Uh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So you had some time, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I would say in 2017, I remember when the Oilers clinched that playoff spot to end the dark, the decade of darkness, and they beat the Kings the night they clinched. I remember I had to do these walk-off interviews uh, in the arena, and um, I remember Todd McCollin, who I respect tremendously, uh, who's always like very stoic and very much in the moment. And I'm about to go out there and interview Jordan Everly, and he comes up to me and he goes, "Tom," and he just gives me a fist bump and. And I'm like, well, I work for the team. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. They did it. And, uh, and I just remember going in and, and being on the bench and talking to Jordan. And I asked him like the first question, I'm like, hey, you guys clinched something generic like that. Like finally, after all these years and, and it was so loud in there and I couldn't hear anything. And Jordan gave this answer. I think I muttered out another question and he said something, thank the fans. And it was just unbelievable. And then we get into the room and Jordan looks at me. He's like, Tommy, I had no effing clue what you were saying. And I'm like, I didn't, it didn't matter anyway. Like, and, and just the, the weight and the pressure from all of that time and all of those terrible teams coming off finally. And, and then they won that series and being with the team on the road in San Jose when they finally won that first series uh, was pretty special. And then another one, just, you know, I remember being in uh, uh, Graham Rahal's pit for the indie here in Edmonton. And I yeah. was like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be, I'm covering indie, but I'm a hockey reporter. And then uh, one, one bonus one was uh, the 2012 world hockey championship in Helsinki and 
covering the gold medal game and the Russians were in it and the Finns hate Russians. And I think it's, you know, a similar feeling from the other side and having Russian reporters, journalists behind me smoking cigarettes in the press box in the stands, <laughs> singing and chanting all the Russia chants. And, and I'm just like, where the hell am I? And to taste international hockey outside of North America was amazing too. Oof. Those are good ones. Holy man. All right. Uh, yeah, Dusty, we got yours last time. So let's, uh, let's move on to some Elks talk, shall we? Because uh, yes. it is, let's it do is it. about that time. Uh, Dusty, um, before I, uh, you know, um, get too far, uh, how sad were you that you didn't get to call that game? Because all I can hear <laughs> as the punt is going, are you kidding me? Like as the, I swear that's what I was saying as I was running onto the field. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, usually the Banjo Bowl is the one you want, but after and you know, after the way those two games went, Labor Day weekend, um, you know, I was looking at the schedule and I was like, oh man, that Calgary Edmonton game is going to be better. Like, I think. Sorry, Eric, you might want to go your mouth here. But I, 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 didn't you knew watch it. it. I yeah. didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, right. <laughs> he doesn't know how it ended. Everybody knew. The yeah, everybody knew that the Bombers were going to pump the Riders. Maybe not by as much as they did. So I kind of. I kind of figured I was going to call a blowout in Winnipeg, and they're nothing against Saskatchewan. They'll bounce back, but um, yeah, that one I was. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been nice to call that Edmonton Calgary game. Just like this is the way that whole thing went down with the way that they blew it the week before, and then they come back in like a very similar fashion. It was it was story it was storybook stuff. It would have been absolutely incredible to do that one uh, next next year. I'm gonna have to find a way to somehow teleport. From from Winnipeg <laughs> and the Banjo Bowl directly to Commonwealth in a matter of moments. Yeah, yeah, I think please I, that would be wonderful. Yeah, boycott the game too, Dusty. If you can, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can, I'm on the Banjo Bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can teleport right <laughs> to the tailgate. We'll feed you. You can go in and do the next game. You'll be perfect. good. Yes, it's just perfect. That's um, all you need. That the right tacos in a bag every just year. Yeah, it's it'll be ready for you. It's, it's perfect. Um, all right, so uh, game recap: Elks win twenty-five to twenty-three. Um, it did start out like some of the early home games this year, uh, but what a finish! And uh, you know, cue George Michael. Uh, Got to have some faith. And uh, Dean Faithful uh, knocks through the winning field goal with zeros on the clock. Um, Let's just go around the horn with uh, thoughts on this game. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you and we'll go all the way around. Well, it was the start. I mean, when they opened up with, with the, the lead, I'm like, okay, the boys are back. They're confident. I, I, I like the way things were going. The vibe in the stadium was great. And then, you know, it seemed like in the second and third quarter, I'm like, what the hell happened to the offense? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Like, we're reliving the fourth quarter, but in the second and third quarter of last week. And um, it was good to see some stops and, you know, things start to change in the fourth. And then Trey Ford starts to put, a, put together a few drives, which he wasn't able to do in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I thought they, they lost their momentum in the Labor Day Classic in that fourth quarter. And, that one stop late in the game where they really could have uh, maybe turned the tide a little bit and given themselves a little glimmer of hope. And then the defense just got sliced and diced. And, and I'm like, this is deja vu, but it's being prolonged through the middle of the game. And then, you know, Kevin Brown was good on the ground. And then and through the air, it wasn't really happening. And every now and then you get a nice play from Trey Ford. But then when they woke up in the fourth and they slowly chipped away at Calgary's lead, 
and and the way they clawed their way back, I think that's that's a confidence builder. You know, we've watched this team lose a couple of games late, and did we expect them to blow the lead against Winnipeg? Yeah, probably. You know, it was a bonus <laughs> and a nice surprise when they opened up a twenty-two nothing lead in that game, and then they blew it away, and you're like, oh well, this is this team this year, but. To see them fight back the way they did and, and the offense to, to wake up the way it did. And Trey Ford took a licking. I mean, he got absolutely yeah. killed on a few of those plays. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to bounce back. The one, the shot he took to the ribs, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. I started looking at Cornelius, and there was a couple of plays when he started writhing around on the ground and you know, pointing at his head. I was like, oh, when's the spotter going to get him? Because I remember right. I did the game with Dusty against Toronto when Cornelius got pulled up by the spotter. So I'm yep. looking for the spotter to see. I'm watching Brian Cheeseman to see if he's going over to Trey Ford. And sure enough, he's still in the game. So I'm like, okay, good, good, good. And then when they managed to get uh, that final drive down and, and Faithful made up for that missed PAT, I was just like, wow. Um, I thought the the win against Ottawa to, to break the streak. Um, and I saw, you know, I saw people just overjoyed after that game. I, I Bring it up on the air. I saw a lady crying. Like there were genuine tears. Of the was lady. that me? Was <laughs> <laughs> But like there was. But you 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 felt that moment. And then I thought that the other night it was that like times ten because it was Calgary. It was the rematch. And yeah. now they put together a couple of home wins back to back. And the the mountain that they had to climb in the second half. And and you know they reached the summit. Like that was a storybook. Labor Day rematch, and I, I was like, damn, to see, you know, 30, 32,000 there, it was a much better crowd. Um, be rewarded with that type of win. I, I think that was huge. Agreed. Uh, we'll jump around a little bit here. Eric, how did you like that game? Well, it's just <laughs> the Winnipeg game, too. Like, you, Maddie, you and I were walking around the concourse there, and that the air was just like, any other team, any other game, you'd be up by that much. You'd be like, okay, here we go. And there'd be like, you know, I'm not sealing it up yet. But there was still this, like, just doubt all over people. And then they go on the lose. Okay, whatever. And I don't know. You're looking at the schedule, and you're like, well, they're going to win a home game. They're doing it in Ottawa. And, and, you know, since that Winnipeg game, they've been playing some good ball and, and going mm-hmm. into Labor Day, you know, too. I mean, that's just one of those games where, you know, this team has shown that it's just it, – it, it, you know, what what's the terminology here? You know, they can't win for trying, can't lose for trying or whatever. I mean, you go back to the, the game in Regina too, uh, the fir- beginning of the season with all of that stuff, but look to where they've come and they just haven't quit. And that's, I'm going to fast forward to the game to faithful again. I mean, it's, he tweets out, this is dedicated to Chris Jones, the whole waving in the locker room. I mean, this yeah. team should have been broken time and time again. They should have quit. You see that a lot. A lot of these guys, they don't dream of playing for the great cup. You know, they're up here to, get tape or whatever sometimes and some guys just don't care sometimes this is a locker room that's never broken and and for all the chris jones negativity out there and yes maybe he ships guys in and out previous seasons or whatever it looks like he's kind of found his his team here um and then a guy like faithful too i mean you look what happened during the off season and that kicking position and going into the season it was like scraping the bottom of the peanut butter jar type of no offense to being faithful but that's what it looked like and oh and he kicked over 50 yards um I don't know what story they're writing here. And and again, beating Calgary on the Labor Day rematch is going to be a, 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 I mean, that's, so you don't get the Labor Day one, but you get that rematch and that's, that's a good thing. Um, but, but I don't know what the story they're writing here. It's too bad that Hamilton beat Ottawa in that one game there and kind of yeah. got another win. I mean, the hunt is still on, but there's going to have to be some chips falling in their favor. I get it. Um, 
but you know the game up and down they're 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 still learning they're still learning to to walk before they run i guess this this team but certain flashes with with uh with and what he can what he can bring to the field i mean gets people into the seats as you saw it's it's a team that shouldn't have anybody there and the, and the, the players should have quit just jones should be getting mad and all of this stuff that you've seen before but it's it's not happening and and i think that's it's a testament and i think i look at the stamps team too i mean They've lost a lot of swagger. They, they've had quarterbacks coming through that. They've always had a quarterback mill in there. And all these guys have come in with big old time. And I just don't get that same stamp swagger anymore. You know what I'm saying? And and that kind of showed up in Liberty too where, you know, yeah, they, they came back and did what they did. But I think they knew in the back of their minds that they got away with one too. And then it showed, I think, on, on the Labor Day rematch that, that Edmonton stuck it out. And, you know, this is the team record aside that maybe is the most cohesive group right now, judging by that locker room celebration. If I'm the Rough Riders hosting them on Friday, you know, this is a team that's trending up. Just don't look at the record, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Uh, Maddie, you you know, you said you've been a fan forever, so yeah. how was that one? Yeah. Well, I was frustrated for the longest time as you guys talked. Like it started off like it started off so well and, and they were looking really good and you know they were getting their stops, they got the touchdown, and then it was the Kevin Brown fumble that like it kind of yeah. all turned at that yeah. point because they were getting right at their field goal range and you know, you know, who knows what that drive could have been, but they were moving the ball once again. You're thinking, okay, here you go. This is a team that this is the team we saw in the first, you know, three quarters on Monday night, and, and they're bringing it back and like that Monday loss could just kill a team mentally like you, you did so well against your provincial rival you had the game right there but you gave three touchdowns on three drives to the stamps on that monday to lose and it's a short week they're coming back like easily that could just completely crush you and, and you don't show up at all but they didn't do that they showed up to start but then it all turned in the fumble and it was like oh, okay this is the team that we've known to be watching here at commonwealth for the last number of years or something um but like it, the Ottawa win was big to end that streak, but it seemed like this win ultimately like quote unquote exercised their demons because, you know, having Dean faithful miss that extra point and you're sitting there going, they're going to lose because of a missed extra point. Right. Like this really, like it's every loss that they've had this year. Like there's something that you're like, yeah. how, how is it something different? How is it something, you know, in Saskatchewan with giving up the rouge on the oh, last play oh, or whatever? Like yeah. it's, there's always something in this one. It's, Oh, we're going to lose. Cause we missed an extra point awesome but instead they drove down the field got into field goal range and dean faithful who you know look i don't think a lot of fans out there have a full faith in dean faithful right now i think there's still a lot of question marks in him but and especially after that extra point i'll say i was very nervous going up in there going <laughs> going like okay, I, I don't believe this is going to go through he just missed the extra point um but for him to have it go through to watch the whole team just celebrate rush onto the field as if you know, like like they did against Ottawa, as if they like clinched a playoff spot or something like that. To what Eric was saying, you could just tell that this is a group that's really coming together, for, fighting for themselves. And and what we've really seen, and, and I'm going to include the Winnipeg game and take out the second half of that, is this team's not as bad as it record shows. The all the talk coming into this year about this team's going to take that step up, they didn't. But it's not because they don't have the talent. It's they've, they've just had weird things. And I go back to that first game against Saskatchewan and go, oh. if they could have punched one of those in on those three downs, what could have this season been? What could have happened this season? But that, as I was talking about the loss on Monday, potentially like it could have mentally crushed the team. You know that that loss against Saskatchewan and how they lost the opening of the season, that crushed this team. But they haven't let it affect them. They, they found a way to bounce back. 
I don't know if we want to still talk about playoffs and the potential of playoffs. You know, it's a tough schedule the rest of the way. Do it. Well, it it comes. Hey, if you could beat Saskatchewan Rough Riders, let's see. Let's see. Maybe the conversation's there. It is the Canadian Football League. But, like, watching Trey Ford, like, you you sit there and and you kind of wonder, okay, well, why wasn't he starting to start this year but then you also hear and, and i know you andrew uh, messaged us on on the morning show i think mm-hmm. this week last week yep. you know point but like in practice it, it, it just wasn't there so yep like it makes sense why he wasn't there but you also sit there and go well he should have been there because look at what he's doing in hindsight 2020 is very easy i guess at this point but you watch trey ford and you know you can't like look at him and, like I, I don't see an nfl quarterback there and not trying to knock him but that's a good thing for this team and this league right. because you sit there and go, what could this guy do? Because he's nowhere near, you know, finished. This guy is right. still going to have to develop. What could he be over the next 10 to 15 years? And he could do, could he do that all with the green and gold? And how great we could this team be with him? Because, like, what I love about him is he looks for the pass first, second, and third. A lot of running quarterbacks, they look for their first option. If it's not there, they just start running. And Trey Ford's not that guy. He looks to still see if he can make that pass, even if he has to run around a bit in the pocket or just outside the pocket to look for the pass. And then if it's not there, he's gone. And when he's gone, that's tough to defend. So the the whole threat that Trey Ford is, like it's like he's motivated this team. And you could just tell that with Jarius Jackson calling the plays and you know some of the offensive play calling we're seeing was never going to happen under Stephen McAdoo. Right. And you go, like, this team is make, it has turned this corner – and it's it's so exciting to now see what the rest of this season will be. Maybe, maybe it is a playoff discussion, but if not, like it's you know, last year we're in the you know death march for 2023 and just trying to play a season long <laughs> training camp. This year it's like okay, let's get ready for 2024, but with a lot of excitement about okay, what could Trey Ford do next year, and and you know could Kevin Brown keep doing what he's doing? And so like them getting that win over Calgary too is just extra sweet. You know, it's Great. just, it's Liberty Day rematch. There was a good crowd yeah. that Saturday, you know, uh, in September beating Calgary. It's always a good day. So suck it, Calgary. Maddie, you know, <laughs> you know, what's good. Yeah. You know, what's good, Maddie, compared to last year during the death march, if you will, they didn't sign and have a hundred different no. players on the roster. Right. Like, although, Three of those, I, I, I remember the Kevin Brown press release and I remember mm-hmm. the Dylan Mitchell one. I yep. do remember those ones. Yep, those were good ones. The, yeah, the, yeah we, we did add some pieces at the end that all of a sudden became stars this year, right? Yep. So, uh, or well, or they started last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. that's fair. Yeah, they exactly. finished the, the second yeah. half of the season. And, and unfortunately, with what happened with Christian Salisbury, but like there was another yeah. guy that came late in the season and things were turning. But at least this year, we're looking at the quarterback. And right. going, there's a player like when he when Trey Ford came in at that last game of the season at home against BC, he looked awful. Yeah, like he yep. the game was way too fast for him. And to see him this season go out there and looks like the game is completely slowed down for him. It's awesome to see. Mm-hmm. I think Mike had a good point early on where he said, you know, it's different when the lights were on for him. And and I think you, we saw that difference even, even in practice. Like once they announced he was going to be the starter, it. it like his practice level was different. Like I, I just, I think there was just that little extra confidence boost that he needed. But, uh, but I agree with you that it, I think it's the combination. Yes, he's very good, but the calling by Jarius Jackson has made him even better at this stage in his career. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, Dustin, 
what did you think? And and I I don't know how much you actually got to watch of it, to be honest. But what uh, what did you think? Yeah, we got back. Uh, I ended up watching late second quarter, and then uh, and then the rest okay. of it didn't hear the broadcast because we were at a pub, so we were just watching the game. I'm mean, gonna just say this all the love. I'm still a Taylor Cornelius guy. Let's see, let's see what Cornelius uh, can do. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, that's a crazy thing to say. With that being said, I would have been interested to see what he could do with a McAdoo. But Trey Ford is clearly the guy, and I think the best part about it is the level of excitement that he brings to the fans. I mean, yeah. he is the most entertaining player in the Canadian Football League. Now, if you were putting together a top 10 list of players in the league, it would be in on that yet. But let's see, let's see what happens the rest of the way this season. And maybe when we put together our TSN top 50 next year, you know, maybe he does end up in the top 20 or top 15 or something along those lines. So there's still, there's still room to improve his game. But, you know, I think I saw it in the, in the comments here on the, on the YouTube stream. You know, when they were struggling in the first half of the season and you hear them say, oh, no, the room's still kind of being held together. I like that. that always comes across as a lot of lip service, right? Like, you know, of course they're going to say that. We're going to say Season's a train wreck. It's a disaster in there. I'm not going to say that ever. But like, now that you see the way that they've kind of rallied here, you know, the way they were dealing with Faithful after hitting the winner, like, you start to believe that, hey, maybe maybe things were good. Well, they were off to the worst start ever, and they couldn't win a game at home. Like, if, if they were able to come through that, then – that could go a long way to go over build this team. I mean, I about you guys last time we were on here. Um, you know, Chris Jones always refers to the team as kids. They're a really inexperienced group. Like, look at their secondary. They got basically three rookies. A second-year guy who only played four games. He's got three picks now. And then, you know, Eddie, who's obviously played a ton. There's, there's a lot of learning here for this group, and I think we saw that in this game against Calgary, considering the way the last one ended against Calgary. We had G-Roy on our show last week, and he said, you know, it's a young team that made a bunch of mistakes. Well, you know, if you're looking for, you know, boxes that you need to check along the way, what did they do in the rematch game? They didn't make those mistakes anymore. You know, they went out confidently in the fourth quarter and, and went through the offense that they weren't able to do to kind of hang on to that game the previous week. So I, it's just a really small window but at the same time, you can kind of see some of these very positive steps taken forward. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, can we say the team is resilient? I think that's what we can say. Okay, there we go. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Not a, not, not an ESC sponsor. I don't know why I did that. But it was just fun. I just thought it was funny. That's particularly why I picked that beer this evening. Uh, Superfan, what do you think? Uh, I just thought it was interesting how it was just such a mirror image of the game before. And and it's not really lost on me being the huge fan of the run game that I am, that we went from an uh, uh, offensive coordinator that was a former offensive lineman, and we didn't have the rushes that we do when we have a quarterback as the uh, offensive coordinator, which is kind of weird. Um, the penalties that Calgary had were just stunning oh, to me, like 150-plus yeah. yards. 156, yeah. 156, and we were under under 80. Yeah. Uh, just again, such a crazy reversal. Uh, and it was like a donut game for me. We had that great sort of or a decent first quarter and a, a phenomenal 18 to nothing fourth quarter. It was just uh, very interesting to see. Um, but it was just 
the all three phases in that fourth quarter were really firing. Um, yeah. And I just loved seeing that everyone seemed to rally, even when, you know, we missed that uh, the convert, we missed the two point convert, and blew both of our uh, timeouts on that series. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. I don't know how that happens, um, <laughs> but it does. And uh, it, it just seemed like no one was getting down on each other. And you could see even on the sidelines, everyone just jumping up and down, uh, really trying to pump everybody up. Uh, but the last point for me is uh, I'd almost give a, a game ball to uh, Taylor Swift, bringing so many people. Um, that is the loudest. You know, we've had 19,000, which is the lowest in history for Edmonton and Commonwealth Stadium, having less than 20,000 at a game. And we had over 32,000. Um, and that is the loudest I have heard that crowd since the 2015 Western Final. It was incredibly loud. My my 11-year-old had his you know hand over his ears uh, for so much of it because it was just so crazy loud. And when Faithful kicked that field goal, uh, it was pandemonium. And I haven't seen that many smiles and tears in a long time. So very fun to watch. Absolutely. What about you, Kamish? Uh, well, I mean, y'all have said kind of just about the game and the recap, so I won't really go over that. But I will say until I'm blue in the face, please play all four quarters. Like, I, I, I will say it every single podcast until they do it. <laughs> and then probably still say, keep doing that. Um, but, I mean, credit where credit is due. I went over and sat with all of our Calgary brethren for the second half of the game. And... Uh, that was a tough third quarter to sit through, but uh, I, I had lost all my faith going into the fourth, like just before, you know, we got that touchdown. But it was uh, Liz's dad, Guy, who was like, it's the CFL, my girl. Lots of time left. I'm yep. like, you don't know this team like I do. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he kept pushing. He kept, it was probably, you know, the whiskey fueled his like love for me and said, you know, you CFL, lots of time, lots of time. And, Heaven forbid a Stamps fan was correct. Thank God it wasn't Ryan. Oh. I will take key. So um, it was just like, it was phenomenal. And obviously like I ran down um, right before Dean got that, that kicker. So I was sitting by myself and I'm like, Lord have mercy if this doesn't go through because I'm just never going to hear the end of it being a faithful fan myself. Um, but he did. And I just remember running onto the field and celebrating with you, Andrew, and being super unprofessional about it. Didn't give a damn. Um, but That's I think the first honestly, you jumped into my arms and swung around with a hug. I was kind of caught off guard. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it was a great game. I, I, I just didn't care. It was like, it was, it was that walk off like field goal that you always like you want and you wanted to happen to that person. And you, yeah, it was just, a, like a dream come true but I think my favorite part of the game was Donovan Alumba, Alumba on the yeah. sidelines amazing he that, was... that, I've, I've never seen someone so dedicated like obviously now he's practicing um, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to activate him given I hope so yeah, yeah. so but just and then seeing him in the locker room like i this person is so invested in this team and even at the combine, like, it's just, I, I love seeing that. Like, it feels like he is a fan, but he's also like, he just gets it. He gets what the CFL is about. And I think like, even though that we won and they was phenomenal, like he's my favorite part of the entire day. So congrats, Donovan, you won. <laughs> hey, speaking of the sidelines, I just want to, I remember, Kelly, you made me remember something. I watched Jake Taylor, like puke. 
yeah on the sidelines and he just what? hurled big what? time yeah yeah while i i can't remember who was talking to him uh but someone was talking to him. one of the coaches was talking to him and he hurled for like a good 30 <laughs> seconds and then just put his helmet right through his his mask and then he just like adjusted it gave it a wipe and then went right back to the conversation and i was like oh, wow Wow. And then, and then uh, the trainer, I think it was Dan, came by with a water bottle and he just sprayed it, puked down. And I was like, you just go on because it was like early in the first quarter. And I was like, you want to talk about sidelines? Uh, yeah, there was, Jake Taylor was blowing chunks on the sidelines. <laughs> what a the game and I, and it, he didn't miss a beat. Wow, that uh, all I can see is like Cheeseman. Be, you need a toothbrush here, bud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. an Excel. And a yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't come near me. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, you're good over there. Um, I I want to give a quick uh, shout. I know we kind of said it, but the the defense in the fourth, yeah. um, six points. And and when we when we turn the ball over on that third and one, with a minute and thirty left, uh, like I thought it was. Well, let me be fair. I thought it was over at halftime and I, uh, <laughs> I did actually text our good friend Ryan and say, and said, congratulations on the sweep. Cause I, I knew, you know, this is how this game has been going. And he texted back. He's like long game. And I responded, yeah, if you're in green and gold, <laughs> it's a very long game. All right. So I was wrong and I was happy to be wrong and that's fine. Um, uh, I'm not like Ryan. I will not sit, come on here and say it was never in doubt. I'm like, no, it was totally in doubt. Uh, but they did find a way. Um, but that defense stood on their head in the fourth quarter. And it was it was so nice to see that defense come out again because um, they, they have been hit and miss. And uh, like you were saying, Dustin, the – they're, they're kids, they're ki they're rookies in the back. And uh, Chris Jones said it in the post game, right? It's like, well, we got a bunch of guys back there. They're either making a giant play or taking a penalty. Like it's one or the other. And uh, it's what happens when you're rookies and they're trying to learn. And um, I, I just thought they had an amazing fourth quarter and, and really gave the offense the opportunity to do what they did. And, and that, that was super exciting. Um they held Calgary to three two and outs to end the game. I know, right? Like, that was massive, amazing. huge, huge. Yeah, big difference from a week before, yeah. where three fourth quarter drives all were touchdowns. Yep. Right, right. So it, uh, yeah. So all of us are like, oh, writing's on the wall. Oh wait, no, it isn't. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so very exciting game. A uh, couple of uh, roster announcements. Oh my goodness, that is good beer. Okay, uh, yeah, no Jake Taylor, <laughs> no Jake, no Jake Taylor. Yeah, yeah, no Jake Taylor. Um, the uh, extension announced today. Thank you, Elks, for putting that out on a day when we record. That's why we went to Tuesdays. It's amazing. Uh, Mark Cordy extended three years uh, through twenty twenty six, keeping the local boy in green and gold, which is outstanding. Uh, now, last week. Yeah, you blew it. You did all your signings on Wednesday after we had already recorded. Uh, anyway, wide receiver. Uh, they did sign wide receiver Deontes Alexander, running back uh, Kelsa Laborn, I believe is how you say that. Uh, sure. Defensive lineman Calvin Bundage and defensive back. Well, 
they didn't sign him, but Donovan Alumba is around uh, and uh, is now in the 10 day window uh, post the, you know, to, to decide if they're going to put him on, but they'd have to put him on the roster if they bring him back in. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes, but I hope so. Cause uh, I, I'd like, that. <coughs> uh, they also released running back Makai Johnson, defensive back Antonio Mitchell and wide receiver, Danny Vandervoort. Oh, just kidding. Come back two days later. And he's back on the <laughs> uh, signed again. Um, game was a little tough on the injury side uh jeremy dominique uh stephen dunbar jr marcus lewis noah curtis all going down now today at practice uh marcus lewis was uh practicing he was limited in practice uh noah curtis was full in practice today so uh he's he's recovered uh i think dominique was limited and but dunbar was out and it sounds like ribs uh i i don't know how long he's going to be out for. That's unfortunate. He was having a, a on the really sixth game, season, so it'll it'll be a while. Yeah. So, um, all right, super fan. Do you want to do a quick hoard and tell before we set up this week's game? Sure. All right, everyone will be able to. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me bring you in closer. Hold on. There we go. Uh, I got a couple of weird things uh, actually at the tailgate. Uh, something I'd picked up uh, from mm-hmm. a seller in Calgary, and uh, it's a little odd, but I figured I'd, I'd add it anyway. So. Um, I love the history of the team, not just the green and gold, but even before that, uh, before that we were the blue and white. So when I had an opportunity to get a lovely 1940s blue and white helmet, I love the uh, little string on it here. <laughs> that, that'll keep it on your coconut. Um, hey, put it on, Mike. Put is it, on. it, is it made of lead and asbestos? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> And then this beauty here, a 1950s uh, nice plastic helmet. Uh, this one's a junior. Uh, I don't know who Daryl Spritzer is, but uh, you know he'll be he'll be living in the basement for a little while. Wow. Uh, it's got all the old logos on it. These are very 60s kind of logos, but that is definitely a sort of 50s helmet. That's the kind of thing that you know Jackie and Normie and everyone would have worn back in the day. Um, and the only thing I wanted to look at was um, a little peek to the off season. Um, yes. I figure that, you know, when there's no sports to talk about or certainly no football to talk about, um, we got to sort of keep it focused on the team and the CFL. So what I thought we'd do is um, in the early 2000s, they had a, a brand called Pacific putting out trading cards. Uh, they kind of look like this. There's the Atomic stuff. Um, there's Pacific. They had some game-worn jerseys like that. Uh, so I ended up getting a whole bunch of boxes <laughs> of trading cards. <laughs> Nice. So there's 2003. What is that? That's the uh, Pacific, or that's the Atomic. There's the Pacific, and there's the 2004. So I got six boxes of those. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have you guys on, and we'll all just sit around Ooh, opening cards. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Need them. Need them. Need them. Need them. Yeah. Got them. Yeah. Oh, love yeah. It. Great find, man. Yeah. That that is going to be a blast. Well done, super fan. Yeah, it yeah. should be fun. All right. Uh, this is a preview of what is coming on Edmonton Sports Talk in the off season when we crack packs and talk about old players. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Gotta find a way. That's a, find well, a way. what was it? One year for CFL Fantasy League, me, Eric, um, Dave Jamison, and the two others, we were having a chat in January about James Wilder Jr.'s season from the year prior, and we stopped and were like, who's having this chat anywhere else in the world right now? <laughs> that appeals to us directly. Excellent. To sit down and just talk about old CFL players, 
<laughs> count me in. Yes, okay. Even if I'm not invited, I'm coming. I'm just welcoming myself. Absolutely. <laughs> You're in. You're in. We got it. And uh, uh, Tom, Tom was actually talking. It was all about uh, it's too bad the CFL and NFL didn't play. Uh, I've got a video of when the CFL and NFL did play each other. Wow. Uh, 1981. The Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos played against the Super Bowl champion uh, Oakland Raiders in a game of charity basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I said, oh. we'll get together, we'll open some cards, we'll put that on the TV, and maybe watch uh, Warren Moon uh, draining a three. <laughs> yeah, those uh, those high boss shorts. Oh, oh. they were something, <laughs> uh, something mighty ooh, about that. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, let's set up this game. Uh, we want to hear from everybody but Eric because of who we're playing. The <laughs> play the Riders. Uh, they travel for the rectangle on Friday. Um, it's a huge game for both teams. Of course, Elks coming off their big wing and the Riders coming off a absolute beatdown. Um, big test, actually, for the Elks coming up against a, a, a what I would say a, a better team in comparison to the ones that they've had to play in the last few weeks. Uh, so it, it'll be a great test for them. Um, let's go around quickly with what are you watching in this game? What do the Elks need to do to win this one? Uh, Dusty, let's start with you this time. We'll work our way around. Oh, did we lose Dusty? He's he's deep in thought. Yeah, yeah something important. Yeah. Is. Oh, the, oh, there, he, yeah, there he's I'm back. Good. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I was just saying yeah i get to call this game this week so uh very much oh, looking nice. forward to it. i think it's gonna be a huge game for both teams and i'm uh you know I'm, I'm i'm actually more curious of what the riders are than what the elks are right now like i think we know the elks recipe for success right get trade for cooking early get him out on the run i think the one thing that he'll have going for him this time is that he hasn't played the riders yet this year so they're gonna have to adjust now with Moncrief uh, and Moncrief this last game, it, it, both games against Winnipeg, that guy was all over the field. So, I mean, that's yep. going to be a guy that you're going to have to certainly worry about a little bit. Um, but I, I, th I think Edmonton has an advantage from that perspective in that, you know, they probably throw some new wrinkles here that had to deal with this year against anybody. And you got this freak in Trey Ford that, uh, that can cause some serious issues. And then, you know, the Riders, the last two times they played at home, they beat the BC Lions, they beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, mm -hmm. You, you go into that and go okay, but then this last game against Winnipeg, they just straight up no showed, and it wasn't even it wasn't even Dolagala. Like Dolagala was okay-ish in a blowout, right? <laughs> he didn't have a bunch of turnovers. Like he he wasn't he wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. But he's not the reason they got crushed. Their defense could not get off the field. Now doing that against a Bombers offense when they're on is certainly a little bit different than what Edmonton's going to bring to the table. Um, but I'm interested to see what Jake Dolagala does coming off. You know, his first spanking in the, in the Canadian Football League. Like, is there a bounce-back game coming for him, and can he continue to be steady? And can Edmonton's defense, including the young secondary, try to take advantage of him? He's got a wicked arm. He doesn't really get flustered in the pocket. He's a big guy. He can kind of see over top of everything. But he does throw a little bit of a high ball. Like, when he's going deep down the field, it's a little bit of a high ball and hangs up there a little bit. So it would be interesting to see if they can take advantage of that a little bit. Um, but I think this is going to be an excellent football game. I'm very excited to to be on the, the roster for this one this week, and uh, yeah, hopefully it lives up. Hopefully it lives up to the hype. Fantastic, uh, Eric. Tell us why the Elks are going to win. Yeah, well, because the Riders Riders have nothing really like. It's a big game for both teams, but they're kind of sitting in this middle spot. And as I said earlier, like the Elks are trending the highest right now really that i could say like everybody's kind of everybody's falling into place uh, as in terms of the west i guess you could argue 
Um, but yeah, just to echo what Dusty said, I think it's going to be a great game. This is one of those showdowns Friday night. I'll be watching at home prior to my brother's concert, Whale in the Wolf Starlight Room this Friday at around 11. There's three bands before them. So you have to watch a football game. Then I get to go to Starlight Room. So cheap plug there. I get to the Starlight Room, catch some good music and enjoy, buy lots of merch. They got that. It's a CD release. So buy the CD, the shirt, cap, the pin, the whole bit. Um, but, and also to echo Dusty, I think, yes, we mentioned the young secondary with the Elks. And Dola Gala, I think, in the Labor Day uh, Classic in Regina, really kind of caught that bomber secondary off guard. He was just, just gunning us down the field. It was entertaining to watch. Uh, but I'll be anxious to see how they kind of match up against his arm. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. That's the thing. And as I was saying earlier, like, game one with the Elks and, and then not failing to punch it in here against those riders – um, I've always kind of known what the Elks are. It's just they they haven't been able to get out of their way, right, as we've been discussing. But with the Riders, sometimes they'll just show up and, and play, like, all three sides of the ball great. And you're like, wow, this team. And then they, and they put up some stinkers this year, not just last week. I mean, they, they dropped a big one in Montreal, which, again, was a team that I thought was on the kind of the same level as them. And I, I was kind of expecting a little more of a fight. Um, I just don't know sometimes that Vicky's got those guys. I, I, I wonder. I, I just everybody's arguing lame duck contracts this year and everything. And they're again, mediocre six and six, just like they've been. And so that they, they pull you in and then they kick you right between the, you know, and it's just like, geez, what are you like? Just so I can make up my mind. Do I keep paying attention or do I just say, okay, whatever. And, and continue to go about my life. But it's going to be fascinating because, you know, Edmonton's still chasing something, whether you believe or not. Yes, things have to go right in the direction, but mm-hmm. they're not quitting. So I don't know why fans would be either, right? You might as well just close your eyes and hope for the best here. Um, but for the Rough Riders, they, they're burning the tape. They know what they've done. As Dusty said, beating BC, beating Winnipeg, That's that doesn't go unnoticed. Um, but I do wonder, it's always them going home there. when it, It's like the Habs, too, or something like that, right? Like the pressure's on, and they're going to be feeling it mostly. And Edmonton coming in after that faithful field goal, you know, and Wayne, nothing to lose, really. Like, that's just it. And so the Rough Riders will, they'll be feeling the heat. And I do wonder what Dola Gal is going to do against that Elk secondary. I think that, to me, will be the matchup that I'll be watching. Yeah, I agree. Matt, what you got? Yeah, like, uh, just to Eric, what he's saying there, that the Elks, you know, nothing to lose. That That's often in sports the, the scariest team and the, right. scariest, the scariest opponent you could have is, mm-hmm. you know, now, like, I, I think we're all good if the Elks don't make the playoffs this year. I think we've somewhat come to expect that. And, when you don't have that little extra pressure, that could also be some of the dangerous team. But you know, this is going to be a fascinating game because the Riders are a much better team than you know we've seen or we would have expected you know a few weeks ago. I remember after the Bombers game, you looked at the next five, and you're like, oh, all those are winnable for the Elks. You know, go Hamilton, Ottawa, the Calgary's, and Saskatchewan. But I, I think over these last few weeks, and Dustin Eric mentioned the wins that Saskatchewan has. You know, take last week aside with Jake Doagala this Riders team is a much better football team and they're not just an easy, you know, check win on the scorecard. Um, the Elks are coming in hot, but I, I think you have two very motivated teams and this is what's going to be fascinating to watch in this game is obviously you've got the Riders who are coming in off of just an absolute beat down against the Bombers you know, being beat down by them last week. But for the Elks, how much does that last game in Saskatchewan play into them in this one? As, as right. red hot as they are, but with the way they lost, they were the better team in that game yeah. for the majority of that football game. Yeah. But they lost in such a weird way, giving up nine points just like that in a snap of a finger. Um, so how much are they going to be extra motivated in this game? And now with Trey Ford behind center to try to get that win that they should have had back in July. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, You know, I think one thing that we saw about the Elks this past weekend is, you know, at the first half, like I can't, you know, 
Trey Ford's passing was not there. And they're going to have to find a way to get his passing in a bit earlier and, and get him, you know, using his arm. Like, he can throw the football. We saw it against Ottawa. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it late last week. You need to mix that in a little bit more. And obviously, you also still need to find a way to get Kevin Brown going because this team is way better when Kevin yeah. Brown is getting the ball because he can make plays happen. And um, But, yeah, this isn't going to be an easy game for the Elks. I don't think anyone should go into it thinking that, you know, this is going to be an easy win. I, I think the Riders are the betting favorites for this, and I think as they should be because they are home and they do play well at Mosaic. Um, but, you know, you hope that this Elks defense, you know, learn from that game against Calgary. And, um, you know, the inexperienced players are learning and developing and getting better and are going to have a better time closing out games. And we'll be able to see what Trey Ford can do against this Riders defense. And um, if he could keep cooking with Jarius Jackson, like the Elks will have a shot at winning this. And then we could really, I think, have a good playoff discussion after that about can this team make a run? Um, but yeah, I look at this and go, you got two motivated teams. You got a Riders who are coming down a huge loss to their provincial Riders. You got the Elks going into a stadium trying to, you know, avenge what happened earlier this year. And it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, Tommy, what you got for us? All right. Well, the boys uh, laid it out quite nicely and eloquently, as they always do. I'll just say this. With the secondary, take away the middle because they've been getting sliced and diced through the middle, and it's been painful to watch from an elk standpoint. Uh, That'll be curious to see if they can close that up or or take away some opportunities. And if Dolagala does sail a few high balls through the middle, maybe some of those DBs get their hands on those balls and uh, take them back the other way, make – the riders pay and then match the level of compete that the riders are going to bring. You know, you get creamed in the banjo bowl. I think that pisses them off. And I think that the riders are the team that's going to come back with the more of a a pissed off attitude. And and let's see if the Elks can uh, match that because when you've won three of your last four, which is incredible to say for this team, considering (laughs) how the season started, um, maybe you, I'm not saying that they're getting settled in and and getting high off of these wins, but they should enjoy and ride that wave, but know that this riders team is looking at them and has the bullseye strictly uh, between the, uh, the ears of the Elks and their beautiful gold helmets with those lovely double E's. And so you got to rise to the occasion. And uh, I'm curious to see if this team, this young Elks team can match that level of competition that the Riders are going to bring. Fantastic. Commissioner, what you got? Yeah. Uh, I want to see what the boys brought in the three quarters that they played in Calgary. Um, but again, play all of that in the four quarters, stretch it out, relax in the pocket tray, have the stability of both the passing and the rushing. And most importantly, manage that clock because that takes the Ryder fans out of the game. <laughs> Once you keep heading that field down or heading that ball downfield, getting those touchdowns, just relax, stay calm, be concise, and take that crowd out of it because without the 13th man, you have the position to win that game. Not easily, but definitely a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? More? <laughs> yeah. More, more? Yeah, exactly. More, yeah. more just, oh, wow. yeah, like, like, take the 13th man out and you can actually hear yourself and maybe pass the ball. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Set the well, tone for sure. Yeah. Set maybe the, the tone. Maybe the, uh, well, I don't know. It is the writers. I mean, the 13th man kind of could help us too. Like, they could well, yeah. Put an extra person on. No, 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 Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Reed was the special teams coordinator. And then who hired him as head coach? Right. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. One of the best. Uh, uh, the only thing is, and uh, people who listen to our show know, Cavis Reed gave me one of the best football memories ever that next year when he was head coach because we went and he he brought us down on the field in the practice right before the Labor Day game and put me and my cousin and my son in the middle of the huddle at the end of the practice and it was unbelievable and then Simone Lawrence is on the team then and he's like yeah you guys just go play and Simone's like okay they're gonna kick it off and you're gonna catch it and you're gonna try and run around me and I'm like I'm gonna die but this is amazing <laughs> uh, just, yeah so so good. So uh, okay, I but like, who are we to talk about having too many men? Because look at the last game. That's so true. come on, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but the, the last game is not a great cup game. That's yeah, exactly. no, no, no. This but we've had it a couple times this year already. It's <laughs> fair. Yeah, too uh, soon. Mike's, Mike's favorite. I never. It's happened. never too soon. Uh, never. All right, <laughs> super fan. Uh, that's actually a, a prop bet that someone put in there is who takes the first too many men penalty. So <laughs> thanks, oh, Leanne, for that oh, one. Well, the, that may have to go. Picked. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, uh, exactly. Uh, for me, uh, Kayla touched on it a bit. I'm interested to see how Trey manages the huddle with that, that fan base in Regina because they are incredibly loud and as loud as we were in this last game. And I think that may have affected Calgary a bit. Uh, Regina is incredibly loud in that mosaic stadium. So uh, he's never be- played there. He's always been backing up. So uh, it'll be kind of interesting. And I like the idea of coming out early and just sort of maybe making Regina think here it goes again after that beatdown. Yep. Um, if we could see the first three quarters of the Labor Day game and the last quarter of the rematch game, uh, I think we've got a shot. We only lost uh, 12-11 in the last game in Regina. Um, yep. And that was, of course, the, uh, you know, to giving up the single point in the end zone. Uh, does that Me happen too. with a different uh, offensive coordinator, a different quarterback? I don't know. Maybe we're up a little higher. Uh, last year, we we won that game with uh, Dusty's favorite mm-hmm. Taylor, uh, Cornelius, a quarterback. So <laughs> you never know, right? Um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see our offensive line versus their defensive line. Our, our offensive line did great, giving Trey a lot of time in that fourth quarter. If they can keep that kind of thing up, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and I'm going to go the other way. I think our front seven pressure, yeah. we got to see what that uh, – we you can get him <laughs> like you, you can get in that backfield like uh i know that the rider offensive line have been playing better as of late but that front seven has got to get pressure if they can get pressure i, I think that that makes that defense uh, just a whole other level so that that's what i'm going to be the big matchup i'm going to be watching our front seven against that rider o line uh let's get into our pickums because uh i i, I know we got to do this fairly quick cuz dusty's going to di- Fade off into the blue yonder here right away if we keep going. To- um, put uh, we've had a couple of prop bets put in the chat, but put some other prop bets in there. We'll get the four guys to decide which one they like the best, uh, uh, or they may come up with one because you know yeah. uh, at least it's not Ryan where he does a whole bunch of math every time. And uh, <laughs> last week it was um, Trey Ford rushing yards minus the net punt average, the Elks net punt average. Uh, oh boy. The line that I set was 54 and one half yards. Uh, it ended up, uh, the total was 48. So the under paid off with uh, Trey Ford getting 82 yards. And I believe the punt average, I put it in. Julian had 32, 34. 
34. There we go. Yeah. So although I, you know, because the stats were so great, I did have to work that out on my own. <laughs> so thanks, Ryan, for all of the math this week. My brain hurts. Okay. Uh, first, we'll go through the other games. Uh, Toronto at Montreal. This one is in Quebec. Uh, Dustin, who you got? Doesn't matter where this game's played. The Argos are taking it. I think they're a six and a half point favorite. The Ar- look, the Argos, the Argos deserve, they just deserve a ton of respect right now. I every time you know they make you're like, oh, if you make a case against this team against the Argos, I've learned that you just stop doing it. I think the Argos, <laughs> nothing nothing against going on the road here. Like Argos are winning this football game. Um, I'd be shocked if they don't. Yeah, um, I agree. Eric. Argos. That was C. That was easy. Uh, it's all gonna be easy. Matt Argos. So yeah, I'll take Chad Kelly and AJ Oled and what they're doing right now any day, especially over the Montreal Alouettes and and what they have. Like the Argos, it's it, they're just an incredible football team right now, the best in the CFL. And Montreal's not in the same class. Ooh, in the same class. Wow, we have our uh, our Alouettes uh, podcasters are in the chat. I'm sure they're going to have comments in just one moment. Um, oh, uh, sorry, them, everybody. Cliffy D already did say that uh, Paul McCallum would be very happy that uh, or shocked that uh, Mike has his rookie helmet. That's amazing. There it is. <laughs> All right, Tom. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to go completely against the grain. It's oh. going to be totally out of whack, but uh, maybe the Argos go and enjoy Crescent Street a little bit too much <laughs> and uh, underestimate the Alouettes who come out with a burr in their saddle and they pull off the upset. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Alouettes. Well, thank God somebody did, because now we have some, uh, you know, some balance, and now none of the rest of us have to pick Montreal. Uh, or have to pick, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kayla, who are you picking? Uh, I like their pickup of uh, Darnell Stanky, so good for you, Montreal. And I want to pick Montreal, but I cannot. <laughs> Argos. Fair. Superfan? Yeah, you know what? Toronto's not going to go 17-1 and this season. Uh, they're definitely going to have a loss, but that's going to be October 6th. So uh, this time they're going to lose to, they're going to beat Montreal. <laughs> I love the way you say those things. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with, even though I do think that Swag Kelly, uh, I hate saying that name, will be uh, having fun in Montreal the night before. I, I think they find a way. Uh, next one. Uh, again, a super tough one. Uh, Winnipeg in Hamilton. Uh, Winnipeg. Okay. <laughs> can we just can we just like who speak who's it. voting for Winnipeg? Like, well, I'll 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 speak a little bit of the Hamilton. I don't oh, think of course, of course. But, no, no, it's after the you know what Winnipeg did against Saskatchewan last week. Is there a come down for them? They put everything they had into going out and absolutely decimating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Do you see a letdown this week from them? So I think I'd probably still go Winnipeg, but I think this could have the potential of being a really close game because the Bombers have a bit of a letdown because they put so much energy that they had into the Riders and the Banjo Bowl. Oh, be okay with that. Maddie almost went with the trap game theory there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know who Winnipeg has after. I'd have to look. I don't, uh, I, don't know. I think they're on they the have bottom. Toronto. Yeah, well, they go by and then Toronto. So you want yeah. like that? That this is has the potential of a trap game. You just put all yeah. your energy in that one. You're in a buy. You're looking at Hamilton, going, ah, we're on a second buy already. Like in a sense. So this, you know, I think Winnipeg's gonna have to be careful in this one because Hamilton's, you know, with Powell, he's playing a little bit better as of late. 
Yeah. Uh, and and they do they're they're playing on more than three days rest, so that maybe <laughs> they'll be better. Yeah, that's true. Uh although they won the game on three days rest. I don't understand. Anyway, whatever. That's nice. yeah. Uh super fan, did you put your hand up for Winnipeg? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. We did the okay. Queen Wave. All right. I, I was uh oh did, wait, did you say Queen Wave? Oh or Dean Wave. Go. Dean there Wave, there we go. <laughs> we'll make sure we put that in there. Um, all right. Uh Ottawa at BC. This one is in BC. Ooh. Matt, we'll start with you. I'll take the BC lines. Yeah. You don't the, stay. Okay. Yeah, that one that one I'll stick with the the I won't do what I did with the last one there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the lines. They're home. Ottawa's not good. Like they they're, they're they're the worst in the Canadian Football League right now. And uh, I think the the Lions maybe use this to try to get their season kind of really going once again. Fantastic. Tom? Uh, Lions will feast in that one. Sorry, Red Blacks. I mean, when you fall to last in the power rankings and you've got the double league climbing in the charts, uh, it's no bueno this time of year. So I'm going with the Lions. All right. Commissioner? <laughs> okay, for the audio, great podcast. He's pointing obviously, at, pe- yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> people who listen know, obviously, yeah. okay, don't yeah. bet against. <laughs> yeah, got it. Pointing at the BC Lions jersey. All right, Eric. Uh, BC, yeah. Traveling cross country, as Maddie said, worst team. I mean, this this one's easier to pick than the Winnipeg Hamilton one, in my humble opinion. I, I would agree with you. Taylor uh, Powell, too. Taylor Powell's leading my Memphis Mad Ducks to a championship. He's, <laughs> he's been turning on Don't get carried away yet. Heading into the bye, that's an outstanding point yeah, for but, Winnipeg. That's the whole, yeah. I could see that. Don't get carried away with winning the championship yet because you've not come close away. many times and lost. Don't say, Check this out. I've got the I, championship I over Powell. here. I got Trey Ford my Canadian spot. I am cooking. Yeah, and, and Trey Ford is on a bye week in championship. Who? Trey Ford is in, yeah, your, in the championship week. Yeah, my Canadian spot and take one of my stuff yeah. backs on the bench and elevate him up. Wait till Clapping. the gold miners start picking it up. W- welcome to the away. Edmonton Sports Talk Studios. <laughs> Where's our popcorn? Oh my! That's yeah, amazing. That's yeah. Listen, listen. It's a it's a complete waste champ. of time for a four man league. Anyway, oh. we started a rival six man league, which is Don't. better. There's six teams in it. My team yeah. is a six man team. In six man league, it's better than any of their four league hey. teams. So I'm gonna, I've got so. two more guys who compete against. So. They don't have to play a quarterback. That's cool. What? And number no, two, it's super yeah, flex. Yeah. It's a super flex. You don't flex. have to play a quarterback. You don't have to. Do you have to play a quarterback? It's a super flex. You want you to, play to play a quarterback play a, in there? Do you have? But to? If your quarterbacks are on a bye, yeah, exactly. I, I played Mark. I played Marquis Hamels in my super flex this week. No, still won. No big. Doesn't matter. Number two, their league only exists because of our league. All our spreadsheets. All of everything All we had was sent to them out of a gest- kindness gesture from our league, and they're only existing because of our wonderful league. They will drop. But we've taken it and made it better. We made it better. Dusty will drop his team in a heartbeat to join our league Never. when we want to yep. expand. Yep. Never. We he said it, ever. It, he he said will it be on the, the record. first one in line. Guaranteed. I can't take, we are the I can't take a four-man league. league seriously. No. Sorry, boys. I just can't do it. I can't take a league that doesn't want to play a quarterback seriously. You can't play a quarterback. We always play quarterbacks. Oh, now you're going to tell me they don't have to start a quarterback, but they have to start a kicker, right? Do you uh, have to we start all do kicker? kickers. Yeah, there he is. Oh my Done. God, Paul Reckner just <laughs> fell off his chair. Poor guy. Yep. Yeah, I hope you're okay, <laughs> Paul. After doing you on Twitter. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. No. The uh, Camus Reed Fantasy Football League of Adult Things. That's the way you want to be in. <laughs> yeah, try to remember that over the Dunia. Yeah. Has, hashtag Kerfloat. Done. Just like that. <laughs> 
Oh, anyway, this is anyway, amazing. Uh, I'm, on PC, I'm on the BC Lions. Okay. BC Lions. Eric mentioned it. Ottawa's going to come across the country. BC's coming off a bye. Um, I, I would be stunned if Ottawa keeps this thing within double digits. I, I think BC's going to absolutely roll. All right. Fair enough. Um, Just does- sorry. The championship trophy's right here. <laughs> oh. You can see. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Gold miners from last year, right there. Oh, that's We've got uh, the Dunya White House championship jersey. What oh, do you guys got? What do you guys got? Beautiful. You guys got all these. We're in, our, we're in our. We're in our first year. Yeah. We we. we have, what are you playing for? Do you have any idea what you're playing for? Because we're playing for this. <laughs> Mine. Oh, Three-time my. champion. Three oh times. My. I mean, Junior Whitehouse. I think I might actually. I think Dunia I might Whitehouse, actually. Yes. Junior Whitehouse. Get, I'm getting get this to come and present us with our championship trophy. That's what I'm okay, Phil. Okay, I'll put this to the three here. We have Dave Jameson. Cool, cool jersey. Us. Cavis is going to present us with our trophy. Dave Jameson yeah. presents oh. ours every draft. At, or he's at every draft, and he live tweets it, and then he presents the jersey to the winner every year. <laughs> Beat that one. <laughs> You Maddie, know, we've got papers oh, to do. Relax. Yeah. D- oh, Dusty, I, uh, like, I'm kind of sorry, but JMO is the, is the deal breaker for me. I don't know. That's I hope saying. he writes that book. I yeah, really that, hope. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, super fan. Oh, uh, I think everyone's already said it all. I mean, again, a team coming off a bye versus a team going three time zones. Uh, yeah. That's basically all day long. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Uh, home team. There you go. Yep. Uh, all right. So, did uh, what do you got for prop bets in there, super fan? Oh, we had a few things in there. I think we've already given one uh, with the uh, who takes the first too many men penalty. <laughs> okay, that's one. <laughs> okay, come on now. It's not scrolling back. There we come on. Scroll back for me. Uh, I did see a uh, Trey Ford passer passer rating. rating. Yep, that was uh, Ken. Okay. Uh, I'll one there if I can. Oh yes, yeah, please, please do. do. I, like with Stephen Dunbar out injured, Dylan Mitchell receiving yards. Yeah. Oh, I like. Does it. he does he step in and, and get a bigger role, or like does he step up a little bit more? Like last year when Lawler went down with injury, right. that's kind of when he shone and he he you know became you know the starter, and we yep. realized what he can do. Mm-hmm. Does he step up in in Dunbar's absence here with this team? Ooh. What does everybody vote? I I kind of like that one. That's yeah. a good one. Calm that. Yeah, we 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 can we, we can do that one. What's the number? What are we gonna? What are we okay. Gonna do? I'm, yeah, I'll I'll set a line here. Um, so sure. Dylan has not had uh, you know what I would say massive weeks to this point. Um, but if he's stepping up in the role now, Dunbar um, has had a couple of games where he's pushing 80 yards. Most of the ones though, he's been sitting somewhere around that you know 50 to 60 range. But he's got two touchdowns. <laughs> He's, uh, he catches those, you know, those 15 yarders in there. So let's, uh, let's set the line at uh, 59 and one half yards oh. for Dylan Mitchell this week. Good number. Good number. Over or under. Uh, we'll start. We're going to, I'm just going to go around in a circle. Commissioner, we'll start with you. I'm going to be positive. And if Mama Melissa is listening, because we know how much she loves her D-Mitch. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to go over. Okay. Tom, I'll take the over on that. I like how Maddie brought up with Dunbar going down, and uh, Mitchell's done it four times already this year, so why not do it again in Saski, especially if they put an emphasis on Ford putting the ball in the air. 
and not relying on his feet and not always going to Kevin Brown, then yeah, I'll take the over on that one. All right, Matt. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Uh, you know, when Eugene Lewis went down, we didn't see really that step up, but mm-hmm. you didn't have the defense having to focus on a Eugene Lewis. Like, the Saskatchewan still has to pay attention to Eugene Lewis now because he's healthy. So I do think that opens up. Dylan Mitchell got the big touchdown last game. So I'll take the over on that one. All right, Eric. I'll go slightly under just by a hair. Just because I not not due to the fact that Mitchell will be held or anything like that. I'm looking for, yeah. you know, distribution, spreading it out. Trey Ford, not not a hundred percent convinced of like his aerial superior. Going into Saskatchewan again, great defense there. So I'm gonna go a smidge under, maybe just a hair, but maybe a touchdown as well. All right, fair enough. You know. Dusty. I uh I think I'm gonna take the under on it. And and the the, the tough part is is with Mitchell. This could be over in one play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, could be. The, the deep fan that he is, it really is. Uh, so it's a little risky to take the under, but I, I, I'm feeling like Kyron Moore game Ooh. In, in the fact that, you know, if you're going to be looking, what, what, what I would think, and I haven't, I haven't seen the depth chart yet, um, but I could see them moving Mitchell on an unbar spot, but elevating Kyron Moore. You know, more prominently in the slot, which I think work really well for for Trey Ford. So I, I, I think we might see more of a Moore game than a Mitchell game. Uh, so for that reason, I'll take I'll take I'll take the under, but knowing it could be killed in one play five minutes into the football game. All right, fair enough. Super fan. Uh, after that fourth quarter that Gino Lewis had, if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders do not bracket him, he's going to burn them all day long. And that's going to leave, again, yeah. Swerve. It's going to leave Dylan Mitchell. It's going to leave Gavin Cobb open. Uh, so with those kind of weapons, I think Mitchell tends to be sort of that second target now. So I think that he's going to have a, a monster of a game. And uh, I think we're going to see at least 80. Ooh, all right then. Uh, I am going to agree with Eric and Dusty and say that he's under and the ball gets spread out a little bit. I think Gavin Cobb starts to play a bit of a role in this offense. Uh, and I agree with you, Dusty, that uh, we'll see Kyron Moore. Um, he's been kind of getting more and more <laughs> each week. Uh, <laughs> that was totally not intended, but it was funny. Um, and uh, so I think we will see. Now, he, he might he might also be the one passing to Dylan Mitchell. We've seen he can do yep. that. So, uh, but I, I do think that he ends up just under, I think we've got uh, a number of receivers that could end up in that, uh, you know, 50 to 60 range, but I'll give Dylan just under that. So uh good split on that. So that'll be uh, very fun uh, in our CFPN fantasy pool. Uh, I won against the Argos fan cast. And in our uh, Turf District Civil War, Superfan wins that one this week. <laughs> uh, this week, Commissioner, you get Ben from X's and Argos, which oh. I still think is one of the greatest podcast names ever. <laughs> I just love that one. Um, yeah. And the other game, <laughs> it's on, Superfan. I'm coming. Coming for you, Superfan. That's right. You got to win to keep pace there, buddy. So I know. Uh, I'm in eighth place. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that uh, that civil war. Uh, you guys, thank you so much for spending all of this time with us. I know you guys all have to be up early. Well, except Ooh. for Tom, because he comes yeah. in late. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, do, uh, I do appreciate you spending all the time and, and the last with us. Um, and uh, and thank you so much for, uh, for EST, because I've really enjoyed it so far. And, and yeah, I hope that lots great. of other people are listening and, and uh, interacting and, and it keeps 
continues to grow because it's uh, it, it's super fun uh, to listen to you guys. You can tell that you're friends as well as, um, you know, radio guys and taking it seriously which is awesome so um i, I really love it so um each one of you let's uh, go around with uh, plugs where does everybody find you guys and uh, and connect with you so tom we'll start with you uh tom gazola on twitter it's as simple as that uh, don't go to facebook and look for me because i hate facebook uh, i love instagram though instagram's great and then uh, every morning on the Hangout and Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Oil Stream with Dusty. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're talking about the Oil, oil Stream pre and post game show. And uh, it's going to be a fun season, I think, in oil country. And you can also find me at Commonwealth Section D. That's where I hang. Nice. Uh, are, you in, are you up top or below? Because I'm in C. I'm down below. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be, I'll, I'll look for you next game. We'll see if I'm there. All right. Uh, Matt, where does everybody find you? Uh, pretty much just Twitter. Matthew Awanek, uh, the full first name for Matthew. Uh, Edmonton Sports Talk. Um, you know, what we're doing there, EdmontonSportsTalk.com. I joined Tommy on the Hangouts and uh, just will be all over the place with Edmonton Sports Talk. You could also follow at the Dunya. Uh, if you want the, the proper CFL Fantasy Football League, I do run that account as well. So uh, keep tabs on the number one fantasy league. The at the Dunya is the other place you can follow. What me. week? What uh, week does your playoffs happen? When do your playoffs happen? Uh, well, before everyone starts taking time off for the end of the year, we we play in week sixteen and seventeen, and and then we get to enjoy the rest of the season as too fans. early. So too early. Um, <laughs> Uh, considering you have yet to finish a season, I don't think we'd speak yeah. on this. You have no oh, experience. Oh, don't worry. Don't don't worry. Our so, season's over. Um, I've got this thing locked up. Well, cool. I'm glad you're winning nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, you guys, uh, also thank you very much for uh, for having us on, for believing in us, and, and for being a friend of EST. Uh, we're very thankful for that, and a uh, plug for that is Thursday nights, 8 o'clock, edmontonsportstalk.com. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Eric? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Twitter, at Lieutenant underscore Eric. Uh, I'm on Instagram at lasagna enthusiast. It's all one word. Um, I'm on Facebook, but you can find me. Uh, you can try to find me if you, uh, if you're up for it. My phone number is 780-218-9999. You can text me anytime. My phone number again, 780-218-9999. Flip me a text. I'll always answer them. Um, and then you can find me also Monday and Thursday night at the Century Casino Sports Bar and Lounge. We'll be hosting Monday and Thursday night football all season long. Drink specials, food specials. Come down. I'll buy you a drink. It's a good time. Uh, football, baseball, the whole bit's going on there. And uh, yeah, everything and anything Edmonton Sports Talk. Um, as, as, you know, Hanging out with Tom, those seats that Tom's got down there, it's like, what, row two or something? Like, you can touch Hernan and Dahmer on the side. You can, like, hit them in the back of the head. That's how close Yeah. And uh, so Elks games, I mean, the tailgates, I'm always, <clears throat> if I'm in town or whatever, going to be at the tailgate. Um, that's one of the best places to be in the summer. And the other best place to be at Riverhawks games as well. So those Agreed. Know, family affordable type of uh, sports events and stuff like that kind of roaming all over. Stingers as well. Didn't get a chance to get out there, but uh, anywhere and everywhere I like to kind of walk around. I do a lot of walking. So if you see me like walking around, you can like throw something at me or honk your horn, but yeah, 780-218-9999. And uh, yeah, let's have a good time. That's, oh, that's amazing. All right. Dusty, where does everybody find you? Yeah. Not walking. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> I places, so that's good. Um, 
Yeah, I'm still like my Twitter's kind of in limbo right now because it still says Nielsen TSN 1250. Yeah. And I just don't have I don't have the heart to like change it right now. And I also don't know what I'm gonna go with. So I'm just kind of riding this out for now. So that's where you can uh that's where you can find me for now. And then uh, weekday morning, six to nine at Edmonton Sports Outstanding. And of course, on all of your favorite TSN play-by-play calling, uh, it's always Dusty and what is happening. Because it's the greatest line <laughs> ever. I think I think we might get some of those. We might get a what is happening in this Riders Elks game. Oh, there could be some crazy stuff. How about that? Down. I can't. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. Yeah. What, what? What? Yeah. What is happening? This is amazing. I, I'll take it all. He, the Elks ran it right into the turf district. I'll keep that plug over and over again. Until <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I know. I got. The- <laughs> um, okay. uh, Commissioner, where does everybody find you? Uh, on Twitter at Ditches Lombardi. If you find me anywhere else, get lost. You're not welcome. It's private. <laughs> I feel the same um, way, actually. Yeah. <laughs> also, I will uh, join you, Eric, on Monday when the Saints play the Panthers. Looking at you, Dusty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Looking I know. I'm you. sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. I saw. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, super fan. Where does everybody find you? You can find me on pretty much all the socials at 56 Parkies. And then the history and horde segments you can find at the Edmonton Football History account at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Wonderful. I swear it's a song. It's, it's, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to become a song. I just know it. Yeah. Uh, all right. You can find me at Free Palicious and the show at the Turf District. Uh, that's everywhere. Uh, X Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're also now on Blue Sky, but I screwed oh. it up and put it as Turf District Pod instead of the Turf District. Not what sure why. What is that? Just to, it was just to mess it up for fun. Uh, it's, it's it's like Twitter without the, the without the Nazis. People. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's amazing. <laughs> Too old for this garbage. Uh, very good. Um, you can also check out my articles on Three Down Nation as well. Uh, if you're on YouTube Live, please stick around with us for overtime. It will just be the three of us because these four have to be up very, very early. Um, oh, three. Three. Yeah, three. yeah correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more fan discussion. Uh, otherwise, we will be back next week to talk about the two-win streak as we take this one down against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, uh, oh, and before I forget, don't forget the Pay It Forward with Football event. Uh, it is happening on yes. October the 27th, 2003 at MKT Beer Market. Uh, get your tickets through them uh, and uh, and be a part of spreading kindness because that's what we need. All right. So for Dusty, Eric, Matt, Tom, Commissioner Kayla and Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>